Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Time now for the Character and Smallman Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle's on vacation. Danny Mack and Randy with you for the next three hours. We're taking your mic drops after the uh, hated Rams won Super Bowl 56 last night in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Danny Mack, how you doing, man? Well, I have a different viewpoint on this morning. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's! And, uh... Happy Valentine's! Joan made us a beautiful chocolate chip cookie. I've eating it right now. I'm glad you're enjoying it, my oh, man. Yeah. That was a way to get me going, man. I'm good. I'm glad you're fired up. I'm fired up. Yeah. I got plenty of sugar in me and um, hmm. Boy, that's pretty good. So, Dan, I, I, I said last you, week cookie. that uh, really good. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. I said last week and this is the case. Whether or not the Rams win or not, it's not going to ruin my day. It might have made my day if they would have lost, but it's not going to ruin my day that they won. And they won. And, I, you know, it's it's awful for a lot of people. And we, the reason for sports is that we develop emotional attachments and make emotional investments. And some people, like we, we have one of our friends that says, get over it. But... Not everybody gets over it in the same amount of time. It's That's like, right. Uh, if somebody in your family dies and you're talking about it seven years later, you don't have people saying, oh, come on, let's move on. Let's get over it. I disassociate, I try to at least, the uh, the players from Demoff and Kroenke. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. I can't stand those two. I think what they did to the city was horrible. Yep. Um, and then everything that they tried to do, though, worked out last night. You know, they went and got Stafford. He was... Mm-hmm. The guy that leads him in the final drive, Cooper Cup, is an outstanding player. I thought Aaron Donald truly was the MVP of that game, in my opinion. He had a hell of a fourth quarter. I mean, he he's going to go down as one of the greatest defensive players ever. Yeah, one of the top three. Uh, he's got to. Yep. Um, but some of the plays that he made were just uh, tremendous in that game, and that's who I thought was going to be the MVP going in. And actually, a uh, little prop bet on that one. You know, we were talking about mm-hmm. our MVPs and different things, but I, I did think he was the MVP. Um, so what they did paid off. Uh, it's painful, to say the least. But here we are, and um, away we go. So last night I got a text from Greg Amzinger after the game, and he asked if this was the darkest day in St. Louis sports history. And, I think the day that they left it was. Uh, and, so, and the Cardinals, the football Cardinals. And, and I didn't put the football Cardinals up there because I only had room for five. So we have a poll up right now on the Twitter machine, and you can... Uh, what are follow- the options? The options are, 
uh, darkest day in sports history, St. Louis sports history. Last night, the day the Rams move, and because the Rams move, that was last night was a product of that. The Denkinger call, and fewer getting run by Kiprios. That because was in '96, I believe. Yeah. And I believe that those two things, the Denkinger call against the Cardinals, the George Orta play at first base, and Nick Kiprios running Grand Fuhrer and knocking him out for that season. I think those two things cost both of those teams championships. Yeah. Um, you had John Casey then playing. I, I would wonder if older folks that remember the uh, the late 60s with the Cardinals, Kurt Flood in Game 7 against yep. Detroit slipping. That mm-hmm. cost them a championship. If that would be on there. Um, I'm sure some people would say when we had NBA basketball here and it left. Hawks, yeah. yeah, that was a tough, a tough time for that. But um, I, I don't think this is the darkest day. I really don't. I it's not an it easy one. Believe me, if you're a Rams fan and you were invested in the franchise and the season tickets and the various things that went along with it. And I, I always harp on this, though, Randy. It's the manner in which they left. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's right, frustrating right. Totally. for people. Uh, he comes out and just says, hey, I'm looking to make a bundle of money and I love this place, but I got to move on. People go, OK, let's business decision. Don't yep. like it. But when you tear up the city the way that he did on the way out, that's what really frustrates people and upsets them. And I understand that, too. It upsets me, too. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Well, I told everyone in the room today that I have not been able to understand the emotion since 2002. So that's one of the issues. Sam Kroenke, in his own words. I was thinking in the last, well, so from the NFC Championship to the uh, Super Bowl, we've heard more from Stan Kroenke and seen him more than we did in the last uh, eight years he was in town. Yeah, the last time he ever talked to St. Louis was when Jeff Fisher was hired in January of 2012. So 12, 13, 14, 15 Never talked to St. Louisans. And by the way, Dan, you, you retweeted yesterday the story of his taking homes from oh, the people at Wagner Ranch and yep. just people that had lived on that land for 50 years. And he had promised the owner, the previous owner, Mr. Wagner, I believe, that he would allow those people to stay on the land and kicked him off and they had no place to live. Well, without getting into all the details of it, I mean, dealing with people with lower incomes wasn't something I particularly <laughs> look forward to, frankly. So we need that. to make sure that people understand that those sound bites may be a little doctored. In his own words, though. Oh, well, those are th- that is him who speaking. Put, who put that together? <laughs> Chris Files, who used to work in <laughs> great. It and does he, make me laugh when I hear were, it. They were not. They did not say they were his own words verbatim. He just said they were his <laughs> own just, words. Just his own words. Okay. <laughs> just in not the chronological yeah. order of which he exactly. said it. Okay. So the game is over today, Dan. Fortunately for all of us, the four greatest words in sports, right? Pitchers and catchers report. Hey, it's Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. Uh, I would have been in uh, Florida today. I probably would have left on Saturday. And I'm sure a lot of players would have been doing the same thing. If you're on the 40-man roster, they all would have been um, in camp this week. And now the next 7 to 10 days are massive for the sport to get things going. And uh, they did meet over the weekend on Saturday. And uh, the offer was rejected. And they got to get back to the table. And try to make this thing happen but uh, obviously that's kind of the side story of today because mm-hmm. Super Bowl the fallout from the Super Bowl we're going to get into that and um, 
what is, I'm sure, for many, a tough day in St. Louis if you're a sports no fan. No doubt. As you know, the Blues beat the Blackhawks 5-1 on Saturday. The Blues will play tomorrow in Ottawa, opening a three-game trip. The Billikens, after losing to St. Bonaventure on Friday night at Chaffetz Arena, will play the Bonnies at 4 o'clock today at St. Bonaventure. Valentine's Day special for you. How about you. that? A 4 o'clock tip. Yeah. Bonnies and SLU. That was a tough loss for SLU on Friday Bad. night. They were up by 11 at one point and didn't adjust in the second half and now it really becomes tough for them to get an at-large bid. I mean, even if they win tonight and beat Davidson, win the uh, conference, it's still going to be tough. I I think they're going to have to maybe go out and win that conference tournament. I think so. Missouri knocked off Ole Miss 74-68. Illinois beats Northwestern yesterday 73-66. At the Waste Management Open, Scotty Scheffler beat Patrick Cantlay on the second playoff hole. So Scheffler picks up his first PGA Tour victory. And as Dan mentioned, no real progress in the MLB talks. We already have mic drops. We want your mic drops throughout the course of the morning. Brought to you by Rhino Shield. Just use your 101 ESPN app and you can talk to us. We want to hear from you about the Rams winning Super Bowl 56 last night. Robert, the first to check in with a mic drop this morning. I'm still mad about last night. Like, really, really mad. But, you know, you look, you see a pattern here. Uh, team moves from Los Angeles to St. Louis was about four or five years win the Super Bowl another two years later go back and then lose to the future dynamic superstar of the rest of the next 15 years so now we have Rams move from St. Louis to LA four or five years later win the Super Bowl so in a couple years they're going to go back to the Super Bowl and they're going to lose to the next superstar and then join Enjoy another 15 years of mediocrity. You know, what's interesting, Danny, is that when you look at the transient teams in the NFL, the Raiders have moved a lot, Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to Vegas. And then you look at the the Cardinals from Chicago to St. Louis to Arizona, and you look at the Rams from Cleveland to L.A. to St. Louis to L.A., Unfortunately for us, we've had two of the more transient teams yeah. in the NFL. I, You know, the... Uh, the mic drop is interesting. I don't necessarily agree with it because Joe Burrow is going to have to go through the AFC, which that means it's Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. it's Buffalo, I would imagine San Diego, or rather L.A., the Chargers yep. emerge. Um, and if they don't address the offensive line, he's not going to last in the league five years. He's no. getting destroyed back there. Right. And he's getting hit hard. He had seven sacks last night. They've got to do something with that offensive line. And when you look at what Kansas City did, they had a bad Super Bowl in Super Bowl 55, or a bad offensive line, right? Yeah. What they do? They they changed everybody. Got a new left tackle, new left guard, new center, new right guard, new right tackle. They, they changed everybody. It can be done effectively in the NFL. And Mike Brown is notoriously penurious. You like that word? What does it mean? Cheap. Okay. I don't know that he's going to go out and get. I would guess that he's not going to go out and get a new offensive line. I, I you know... I don't know. This may change it, though, when he because he's yeah. got weapons and he's got a franchise quarterback that's taken the city by storm, and they know they have to do that. They have to change that. As far as the Rams, you got to figure Stafford's back. OBJ maybe comes back. Um, does Aaron Donald retire? Now, that's something that has been talked about. If he does, that changes a lot yep. defensively for them, but they still have Cooper Cup, and why he was so wide open on that final drive is just beyond me. But he always is. It, it, I go back to our conversation last week with Aeneas Williams. 
everybody knows he's getting the yep. ball, and still he finds a way. Same thing happened with Tampa, right? Yeah. Let's get one more mic drop here in this opening segment. This is Tony on 101 ESPN. The Rams and the NFL can't eat cow excrement as far as I'm concerned, period. That call at the goal line is exactly what the NFL is all about, period. All they care about is making sure that the Rams get their Super Bowl in L.A., period. What a disgrace, period. Tony, love you. Well, I think Tony may have been thinking that he was doing a voice uh, memo for a text, but you can just call. <laughs> you can just you you don't need to do the periods afterwards. But thank you, Tony. Right. Deep voice too. I mean, he, he should radio be doing, voice. He should be doing some radio. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the call? I didn't think it was pass interference. Now no. I may be looking at that in Bengals colored eyes, I guess, but uh, I didn't think it was. No, and uh, what I thought was a more egregious call did not happen against uh, the Rams. So, yeah, there it was It was poorly called. There was also a false is start. That, is that Amzinger? I, I asked Amzinger to call in. Is he here? Good. There he is. Uh, the one and only, the MLB Network's Greg Amzinger uh, with Dan and Randy. Morning, sir. How you doing? I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm sorry. I, I, I had to get out of bed. I'm in my car because uh, I didn't want to lay in bed and think about it anymore. So I told my wife, you know what? You sleep in. And I'll drive our son to school 30 minutes each way. And I just had to go for a spin. I had to get out of my own head. So I'm enjoying the beautiful 15-degree weather of Montclair, New Jersey, just to get me to not think about Kroenke holding up the Super Bowl trophy, which makes me want to barf. So, uh, Greg, I did not see, as I told you, once Burrow gave it up on fourth down, I turned the TV off. But you believe that last night was the darkest day in St. Louis sports history? Yes, I do. I, I truly – the villain won. The villain won. It's different than every – we were bantering back and forth. And the Denkinger call, the Cardinals could have won game seven. They could have won game seven. The, the whole Rams leaving thing was long and drawn out, right? So there wasn't that one singular moment that was so painful. But to see the Rams come back, and kudos to their players. I mean, this isn't about the players. But it's, it's to see Kroenke have Roger Goodell say, you built the best stadium in the NFL, and this is the Rams' house. And he held up the trophy. He held up the trophy. And, it, and my buddies in St. Louis protected me. They're like, you know what? Enough time has passed. It's not. No. It wasn't that long ago they were in St. Louis. His plan works perfectly. If you watched all of the pregame shows leading up to the Super Bowl on any network that was covering this event, they were all talking about how Inglewood is such a beautiful place. They've transformed this. This venue's amazing. It was everything he wanted. Everything he wanted, he got it. it the villain won, and St. Louis had its nose rubbed in it. Well, I, I think, though, one of the things, Greg, that you do have to realize is that you come away with it and you get, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting, so... <laughs> yes, we, we do get to enjoy the tough best day, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible, right? I mean, we got, a, we got a baseball lockout, and the Rams won the Super Bowl. I mean, my goodness, what is next? 
I should actually pull over to the side of this highway right now and make sure something worse doesn't happen. (laughs) If you love St. Louis Louis sports, which obviously we all do, right? To be – and look, do I think St. Louis is a great NFL city? I do not. I do not. I never said that. But the people that wanted the Rams to stay were all in. And those are the people that appreciated what they had in the Big Red when they let them go to Arizona. And if they ever had another crack crack at getting an NFL team, they were going to wear those colors no matter how corny the mascot was, and they were going to love that team. And that's what those of us did. We were all in on the Rams. And it's just it's a crying shame that not only did they leave, but to see the villain have his plan executed perfectly – I think it's the darkest day in St. Louis sports history. I really do. And I know this is digging up old stuff. It's digging up an old body. But, Greg, the amazing thing is when Goodell makes that comment, and this is a stadium that was financed by Kroenke to the tune of $5.5 billion, he could have made a $400 million investment here in St. Louis, and we were set to break ground on a stadium eight days after the vote was taken. I know. It's painful. Look, I think... I say this to my kids all the time. The greatest things in life are the hardest things to obtain. I don't know how this ends, but in 20 years from now, the impact of the NFL leading St. Louis somehow, some way, is going to be a good thing for the city. Yeah. I, I truly believe we will look back and go, you know what? This ended up being a great thing for St. Louis. Uh, look at it from the Albert Pujols perspective. It was hard to see an iconic figure leave. Have patience, wait 10 years from now, and see if that actually was a, 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 a really quiet miracle. It was the greatest thing that happened to the St. Louis Cardinals to not be financially strapped to a guy that his best baseball was in the rearview mirror. So I know it doesn't feel that way right now. I mean, to me, this is the equivalent of Albert Pools winning the Triple Crown and holding up the World Series MVP <laughs> trophy three years after he left the Cardinals. That's what this feels like to me. And I know it was longer than three years, but it's still, it was the stadium. It was, it was the pomp and circumstance. It was the flair. It was the weather of L.A. Everything was perfect for Kroenke and his cast of characters. So that's what made it so painful for me. Greg, that is self-therapy through rationalization for you. And I really do admire your ability to talk your way through that. Do you feel better now? You know, I, I, this is my life. I, this is what I was doing in the car by myself. <laughs> and then you knew I was doing it. And you said, call in. I just put it on the radio. <laughs> awesome. Hey, ha- have a great day. Uh, I, I was checking uh, flights to Scottsdale for the first week of March. So I'm, I'm planning on uh, being down there. Uh, hopefully, Crocky somehow doesn't cancel all those flights. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> he can pull anything out of his hat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, drive carefully. Thanks for checking in. See you later. Uh, all right, see you guys. That's our buddy Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. You know, it, it did work out, though. I mean, they went all chips in Yep, to get Stafford, oh, yeah, OBJ, did. Von Miller. And uh, to that point, you give him credit well, for doing that. And I you mean, know what's interesting, Dan? I was thinking about this last night. They did that so that they could sell more tickets, but they've already sold the PSLs to brokers. So, well, they did the, it to win, though. But it, it, 
That's right. It was a business move on their part. Now, you might get more Rams fans spending a premium on those broker tickets rather than out-of-town fans, but they aren't going to realize a lot from winning. That's the issue. I, I do wonder, though. Although the, quick, by, One quick point I need to make is that their partnerships, now they can get through doors that the Lakers and Dodgers and USC walked through that maybe the Rams couldn't have walked through before in terms of business in L.A. Sure, and winning changes that. And, and winning also uh, invites more fandom. You know, I mean, some of those young kids that will be there and watching and, and they were like Greg or or Matt here that were growing up at, or your son that grew up as St. Louis Rams fans because that's all they knew when they were four, five, six, seven years old. Um, now they're, they, you know, winning may entrench them into their fandom. And I understand that it's a, a city that expects winning. And, and if they don't win, you know, the support sometimes isn't, isn't as great as when you do win. Right. And that's generally speaking everywhere. But that is something to think about on the flip side is that, you know, you're now you're trying to generate, you know, bring in generations of fans. Um, but man, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to see. Sucks today. Yeah. That's Dan. I'm Randy. And your mic do- drops throughout the course of the morning. Coming up, we'll get a quick start one, bench one, cut one for you on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Just give me a chance. Character and Smallman. Solid athlete, solid arm. Start one. Warm up. You're going in. Bench one. Mediocre. Hit the shower. Cut one. You're off the team. I do head. What? Start one, bench one, cut one on Character and Smallman. Matt Rocchio is here for your text, 65780. Dan McLaughlin, Randy Character. Okay, Dan, I've got start one, bench one, cut one, miserable edition. Start one, bench one, cut one. Not starting spring training today. The Rams winning the Super Bowl and the pandemic. Well, <laughs> I'm going to put pandemic first. Okay, you're going to start the pandemic. Yeah, okay. and then the uh, Super Bowl, and then uh, pitchers and catchers not reporting. It's uh, quite a group you got there, Randy. Um, <laughs> Three bad things. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go on a little positive note, kind of positive. Okay. So, you know, we're getting close to the the change in the seasons of getting towards spring. I love this time of year in terms of sports watching or being a part of it. So start one, bench one, cut one. Start opening day. Bench, hockey, playoffs, cut, NCAA tournament. Probably days one and two. Okay. Uh, NCAA. Okay, so... I'm in St. Louis, so I got to start opening day. I am going to bench the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I got to cut the NCAA tournament. So you're going with what I went with there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, Although, uh, wait, if Mizzou is like a number one seed or a two seed or slew, been a two seed man. I know. I'm just I'm Norfolk trying State. to say that if they did Norfolk N O R F O L K. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it might change my thought process, but the hockey playoffs is hard to beat. Hockey playoffs the, is the, awesome. The Stanley Cup playoffs are the best. Yeah. I got I to gotta have them. But opening day is such an incredible tradition here. Can't wait for opening day here in St. Louis. Me neither. Are we going to get there on opening day time? Or At some what? point. Okay. Well, I've done, and you've done, opening day in July now. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did do that. Never thought I'd have that. 
<laughs> Good point. Matthew, what do you got for us? Uh, first, I have three and four with an answer to your um, start one, bench one, cut one. I would have lived through five more pandemic years for last night not to have happened. No, 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 no. I, I'm telling you, man, I can disassociate myself from the players and the game and the winning. The, uh, yeah. It's the business and how he left that right. still, I, yeah. I, it's just tough for me to get over. And by the way, I see it on Twitter. I see it on the text line. I like the players. You realize that Aaron Donald hasn't set foot in St. Louis since the team left. Neither is Johnny Hecker. Neither is Rob Havenstein. Right. There isn't a single player on the L.A. Rams that could give a wit about St. Louis. Not one. Correct. But, but what, what, I, what? you know, but is that their, I, you know, you're, you're going with the franchise, franchise move. That's their business. So what? I mean, I don't care. Well, the the thing when is. When you leave, though, and you disparage yeah. the town. Right. And then it affects what could happen in the future of the town with businesses, which I know for a fact it did. Yep. You can't yeah. do that. That's the problem I have. If I'm going to live here and try to make this the best place we can. Those are bad people. And I just don't want to see bad people. Speaking of Kronky and Demoff specifically, I don't want to see those guys succeed. All right, we're getting some very good ones today. Start one, bench one, cut one, pick your poison edition. The Spygate loss, the Rams winning yesterday, the Iserman double OT winner. Iserman double OT winner is the toughest for me. Yeah. And then, uh, then or I as, get or a, as Jackson Burkett would call him, Yazerman. Um, <laughs> and then what was the uh, Spygate? And then yesterday, and then yesterday, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, worst day of my life was uh, losing Super Bowl thirty six. So I'm going to start that. It was the worst day of your life. Worst day of my life. Randy, you had heart surgery. Spygate was, well, losing because of They that. said the Widowmaker was closing on you. It was. <laughs> and that this and you're that putting, was 10 you're years putting, ago today, Danny, by the way. I know. And you're I, putting I, the Super Bowl loss ahead of that. Yeah, worst day of my life. By the way, I always joke around when um, my family is bothering me or when they think that I'm not worthy of something. I say... You realize that I was laying on a gurney and they took my heart out for a while and just put it on a shelf. You realize that, don't you? So I like to get in trouble about that. Uh, so, yeah, the, that Super Bowl 36 loss was uh, the, the worst for me. So I'm going to start that. Worst day of your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Iserman goal, not the worst day of my life, but one of the worst sports days. So I'm going to bench But you that. said this was the worst day of your life, not sports, doesn't matter. social. No. It doesn't matter. It was the worst. So okay. it was me and Jim Holder down in New Orleans, and we were going to stay over and come home the next morning. We finished a post-game show, hopped in the car at midnight, just drove through the night, came home. It was it was the worst. Randy, I'm not sure how that happened. But I got to tell you, Dan. Is that what Jim said? Yeah. I was, the, the Rams had left. It's been until the last six years before I ever watched highlights of that game. You're serious? Yeah. Yeah. Was the worst. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible is right. Yeah. So the, lo- the loss yesterday, yeah, I cut that. Relatively speaking, not so bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Start one, bench one, cut one. Tom Brady in his 20s. Tom Brady in his 30s. Tom Brady in his 40s. I'm going to start Brady in his 40s. Me too. Bench Brady in his 20s. 20s. Cut Brady in his 30s. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I believe the Super Bowl count is three for four. Is three. Two for 40, two for 30, and three for 20. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I look at the numbers. He was yeah. better at the latter stages of his career he was. statistically. Yeah. Unreal. Just unbelievable. Right. Let's get one more. Uh, <laughs> stand the owner, stand the businessman, stand the person. 
Okay, what's the first one? Stan the owner. Owner. Stan the businessman. Stan the person. I think you have to start Stan the owner. Because as, as much as I don't like him, yeah. he puts some money. He'll, he'll put some jack into the team when he wants to. A lot of jack in this town. <laughs> He's a horrible person. Just a terrible human being. I appreciate the texture I mean, for putting that on a tee. No philanthropy whatsoever. He's just a, a bad guy. So I guess I'm going to cut the person. But if you talk to like people that are in soccer with what he has dealt with with professional mm-hmm. soccer, they would say Stan, the owner, probably. Right. True. Good point. Because they're just That's so frustrated with him. Businessman. I know a guy who is a really, really good landscaper who got the landscaping contract out at Boone's Crossing when it was being built in the 90s. And Kroenke, even at that time, worth billions of dollars, would sit in his car for hours watching this guy and his company landscaping one of the many different shopping centers that Kroenke was building. He took his time to spend hours watching these guys do landscaping to make sure that they were working the whole time. Seriously. Yeah, that's the businessman for you. So All right. Start owner, bench businessman, cut person. Because the person is all-encompassing. I would agree. Yeah. So there we go. Brutal. Just a brutal person. So the worst day of your life was the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl your life. You're not, letting the, you're not, you're not going to well, let this go, are you? Let's think about this. Dan, I knew my dad was dying. I was going to say, you, you've had parents pass away. That's a tough I day. I didn't know the Rams were losing, man. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) I would guess that there are textures that will agree with me. I I don't think so. There's got to be one. That that it was the worst worst day day of your life. life. Ruined my week. Ruined my year. None of the Cardinals losses? Oh, and then you hear about later that they cheated? Ruined the decade for me. I can tell you're not over it. Dan, clearly I'll never, never get over, over that one. I never will no. get over that one. Well, hey. if you if you took it that far, the day they left had to be just like number two on your list or well, what? You know what? The day that they left, I was totally in reporter mode. There was no emotion whatsoever. That was yeah. kind of a weird, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're just above everything and seeing everything from 50 feet above it. It, it, it was so emotionless. I was just running around trying to get stories, trying to get what was going on. And even that You were night, locked in. Yeah. I, I, there was no emotion the day that they, the vote occurred. Now, on the flight home, and then the next day when I burned the Rams cap on my grill, yeah, a little emotion then. Was that on a Traeger? No, that was on a Weber. Okay. I've still got the video if you want to see it. In fairness to Randy, the day after the, this year's uh, championship week, somebody pointed out to me that if Pearl gets tackled on that touchdown in that Super Bowl, the Rams probably can run out the clock in a different way and maybe win that game differently. And I've thought about it uh, once a day for the last 15 days straight. I'm not kidding. Like, and they, like it's been burrowed in my brain, and I can't get it out because I never had that pointed out to me, and now it's eating away at me. Yep. Bad. Hey, coming up next, some good news. Our Blues are back. Well, they beat Chicago. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Saturday night at Enterprise Center, the Blues bounced back with a 5-1 win over Chicago after a disappointing loss against New Jersey on Thursday. 
The Blues looked great. They only allowed 16 shots, Dan, with Ville Husso between the pipes. David Perron with a goal, Vladimir Tarasenko with a goal, Sonny with a couple of points, and the Blues get back on the winning track. Yeah, and you go back to uh, Husso. And I, it, we, we talked about this uh, last week. It just seems like they play a different game in front of him right now. The one save that he made, I think it was with the right leg that he spread out for, was just incredible. Man, it was incredible. And the other part, I thought it was a full 60 minutes by the Blues. Yep. You know, they, they came out, they were ready to play, which at times um, has been a real problem for them. But I thought it was a full 60 minutes over the weekend. One of the issues that the Blues are dealing with now is that they can't afford losses like they had to New Jersey the other night. They're still in fourth in their, their division, and they're fine in the wild card race, but you don't want to wind up in a situation where you're a seven or an eight seed because right now, if the playoffs started, the Blues would have to go to Vegas to play a best-of-seven series in the first round. Don't like that. No, not at all. And Vegas, even though they have 59 points and the Blues have 59 points, they're a really, really good team, and they're built for the playoffs, and they don't have Jack Eichel yet. And now it's a chance to figure out to get better on the road, and yep. starting now is when they're going to st- they're going to be on the road a ton now, uh, from here until about March fourth, um, and it's a it's a kind of a condensed schedule too, where they're playing just a bunch of games like three a week, sometimes four, and uh, doing this the majority of the time on the road. I, it's going to be interesting too when they go up to Canada, no fans, right? And it, talking with some people, they believe it's harder on the home team not to have their fan base there as opposed to just generally speaking of not having an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Not they they they've dealt with it obviously. All teams had to deal with it in the bubble and then at times last year, but um that's something that you're going to have to reacquaint yourself with right. too as they go north. And we talked about it before they started this stretch. They've played two bad teams already. They're one and one against them. Ottawa is awful. Montreal is one of the worst teams in the league this year. They're the worst team in the East. And I, I believe they're the second worst. They, they might have the worst record in the league now. I, I would have to go back and look. Toronto is really good, and they beat the Blues here earlier. But then they blew, the Blues go to Philadelphia, and Mike Yo took over. Elaine Vigneault fired as their coach. They've been bad. Then you get Buffalo here. Then you go to Chicago. The Rangers are good, and you play them here. Point being that in this, in this 13-game stretch, you're playing a lot of bad hockey teams that you have to beat. Absolutely. This is where you got to take care of business and try to get those points. Um, this is kind of hockey-related hockey here, Randy, mm-hmm. going back to your worst day of yeah. your life, mm-hmm. the Rams losing the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 36. That's right. Um, and this is, again, hockey-related, but the 636 says, worst day of my life learning that my ex cheated with a Blackhawks fan. That's pretty bad. That's a tough one, I guess. Yeah, Blackhawks fan of all things. Yeah. Cubs? Cubs aren't as bad because they're kind of – like if, if a guy's a Cubs fan, you kind of feel sorry for him, right? You never want more info on the person you got cheated on with. You never want more no. info on that person because either 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 they're either they're more successful than you are, uh-huh. which sucks, or they're less successful than you are, and are, or, or there's negative parts. And it's like, well, then how did I lose to this person? You never, you never want more information. Okay. Good point. By the way, Arizona – has a five-point lead over Montreal for the second-best record in the league. Second-worst. So, mo- Second-worst. Yeah, Montreal yeah. is the worst team team by a significant They're margin. They're awful. How'd they, they go to the Stanley Cup poor, final last year? I don't know. Poor Jake Allen. Well, Oof. they went because of Carey Price, and Carey Price hasn't played this year. That's true. So that's part of it. Yeah. So the Blues are back in action tomorrow. They'll take on Ottawa and start this three-game trek to Canada. And at the moment, Dan... No fans, although that might change by tomorrow, actually. 
the the is that the talk government there was talking about allowing some fans in the stands but not full houses well they they you know in Ottawa too is where the uh some of the protests have been happening as well right what an interesting time to be in Ottawa to go play a hockey game but also just what's happening in our world and what's happening in in Canada I mean all eyes right now are on Ottawa I'm sure you've seen with the mm-hmm. truckers and the various things that are going on and people frustrated. But, uh, yeah, uh, Montreal's got no fans, Ottawa no fans, and I think there's one Toronto has no fans. Correct. Yeah. And those are the next three games. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Come up get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We've got to take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. We welcome your text to the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carriker, Matt Rocchio is here. And Dan, last night our friends at KSDK, their their social media person, put up a graphic saying, congratulations Rams, Super Bowl champions. And the response, as you might guess, in St. Louis was pretty overwhelmingly negative. Uh, Take it or leave it. There should be at least two people that check on <laughs> Channel 5's posts from now on. Just on the Rams, maybe, yeah, on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, think that went over real well. No, they got two or 300 responses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not great. No, not great. Uh, take it or leave it. Every PGA golf tournament needs to have a number 16 like the waste management. I'll take it. Yes, that is so much fun. It is the best. Did you see the hole in one? I did. It was crazy it was, it was, with the beer shower. Great. Yeah. And they had to have a, it was like watching, you know, if you're sitting there watching a hockey game and somebody gets a hat trick and they've mm-hmm. got to clean up all the hats off the ice, they had to clean up all the beer. There was a stop, there was a beer delay. And I think the commentator said, you know, there's urine going, there's beer going, <laughs> there's soda going, there's everything flying around here. Yeah. There was another one yesterday too. Yeah, that's the yeah. one I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. oh, the one I think it was one on Saturday that I saw that w- that really just went um, nuts. Yeah, it was great. So much fun. And then yesterday, or that was crowd, yeah. the, for the playoff holes, the, we, they only played 18, and that crowd, the drunk crowd, moved over to 18 for the playoff, too. Yes. It was very cool. I, I, I don't know if I'd won it at the Masters. Oh. I don't know if I'd won it at the Majors. But all the other stuff, eh, why not? Right. Build yeah. it up, do a little short par three. The chance to get that uh, that hole in one, let people enjoy themselves, and the the players enjoy it too. That's the thing I like. Yeah, I mean they're right. they're they're tanking it in and embracing Little it as well. Happy Gilmore vibe, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, your tech six five seven eight zero, Matthew. What do we have? Take it or leave it. The Rams won't win another Super Bowl for at least another decade. Take it. I'm gonna leave that, uh, and I think it could happen. I w- if they do, I think it's gonna happen in the next couple of years. Well, because they draft so well. Well, oh, that's right. No first. That no would second. be my my problem is that if they do it, they've got to do it in the next couple of years while they still have. I mean, Stafford's still got years under his. I mean, he's mm-hmm. played, what, 13 years now in the league? Right. As long as these guys are going right now, there's no reason to think that he's slowing down. You got Cup, you got OBJ coming back, and I, I 
still think that Aaron Donald coming back would be huge for them. Danny, here's what's going to happen yes, with sir. that organization. Tell me. That organization has really big egos, much bigger egos than IQs, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to take credit for this thing, and it's just going to implode. You think so? Huh? Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Matt, what else you got? Take it or leave it. If Tyler O'Neill played football and played running back, he would have been a Hall of Famer. I like him more as a linebacker, so I'm going to leave yeah, that. I'm going to leave it, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's one of my favorite things to do, by the way, is think about guys who play, if they play different sports, like how much, how incredible they'd be. Derrick Rose as a safety was always my favorite one. LeBron as a tight end. wide receiver, tight end, safety. Yep. Ray Langford as running back. How about Allen Iverson? Ooh. That's a great one. That's just like Tyler O'Neill a little bit, too. That's the same thought process the Texer had. I like that. Allen yeah. Iverson was a hell of a football player. Yeah. Yes, Allen yeah. Iverson is, is, a really, is another really good one. Yeah. Darren Dalton, the late, great Darren Dalton, would have... Oof. He, he took the brunt of the running back, Ray Langford, didn't he? Uh, and I think we saw what it's like to see a football player go play baseball when Brian Jordan yeah, right. ran over <laughs> Gary Bennett. Was, yeah, right. I mean, he Bennett. trucked him. Uh, take it or leave it. If Scandella keeps playing like this, Wallman will be taking his spot. Take it. Take that. Yeah, I'm with you. Marco, not exactly what the Blues envisioned when they gave him that extension. Not yet. I think that's also a great example of why I think, you know, some people kind of lose lose sight of how important it is for the Blues, the way they develop talent and how important it is to keep restocking that talent. Having somebody like Wallman who can step in when a big contract like Scandella maybe doesn't work out like you wanted it to, that's that's huge. That's how you win consistent games throughout you know season after season. By the way, take it or leave it, you guys noticed and are thankful that I put our televisions on MLB Network this morning. I, uh, I noticed that. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, it's like, now I'm noticing it. Is, now it makes a lot more sense. And I'm really enjoying the Orioles-Mets uh, World Series. Tom Seavers. Yeah. Pitching for the Mets, yeah. Yeah, this is good stuff. Thanks, yeah, Randy. Somebody was probably played a little bit too much and Seaver went after him. I liked that. Uh, take it or leave it. The Rocks team introductions last night. Um, I, I'm going to leave it. So when they showed him and he said, uh, like, I think he said the Super Bowl is back in Los Angeles or something like that, I flipped immediately back to golf. I watched golf all the way through. I, I didn't even see it. Yeah. Hey, the Rock intro. Uh, golf the, was in, I think, a commercial, and I was coming back okay. from, from the commercial to the... I was still watching the playoff yeah. of but the uh, waste management. I, so that's all I got from Rock was the Super Bowl has returned to Los Angeles or something like that, and I flipped it. Did, were you watching it, Matt? Did you get to hear what he said? I did not get to hear those, no. Okay. I I, I actually have kind of a, a take it or leave it about that. Take it or leave it. The fact that The Rock was on Monday Night Football and just introduced the Super Bowl shows the NFL does not worry one iota about spring football. Yeah, I'll take that. Or they're going to partner with The Rock for spring football. That would be the most interesting thing in the world. If Maybe they that's actually what's going did on. that, that would be fascinating. Yeah. But, but I've been wondering, yeah, why, why put him on Monday Night Football? Why put him on the Super Bowl when every other story next to him is going to be you know, this guy's starting a, a you know a different football league. And by the way, why why is the owner of the Chiefs doing an introduction for the Super Bowl? I didn't see that, so I can't comment. Oh. I was watching the waste management oh. playoff. No. <laughs> Ballers. He was the owner of the Chiefs and Ballers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Good call. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> Ballers was a uh, interesting program. It was a good Sh- show. It was a shooting star, is how I'd like to describe Ballers. Yeah. Wow. Richard Mendenhall was a yeah consultant was. on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. That was the best halftime show of all time. Matthew, what do that. you think? Um, it's still, I think, behind Prince. Yeah. I got to see a lot of Up With People in my younger days. 
I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it's at least behind Prince. Oh. There could, could be some other ones in there, but I mean, I loved it. I mean, that's it literally mean I was talking to Randy. Randy's, you know, just a little bit, you know, outside of the demographic that they were shooting for. And his son is even a little bit under the demographic they were shooting for. So, I mean, we're talking about a very small, like 20 year window they were trying to hit, but they hit it successfully. Mm, I, I'd say it's beyond that. I, you got 30 because the release mm. of Dr. Dre's the chronic i believe was 30 years ago yeah uh, 1999 so um yeah it took me back to my st louis rams days no but i i think though you had about a 30 year period so that that span because i mean snoop is still relevant yeah big time he's mainstream yeah eminem yeah dre no but i liked it i I enjoyed it. I don't think it's the best ever. I, to me, if you asked a younger person like that, what you're talking about, that demographic, I bet they say it's the best ever. But Prince doing Purple Rain in the rain. That was incredible. It's pretty good. I can't imagine anybody ever thinking M&M's would be irrelevant. They're delicious. No, he, he's, a, he's a rapper. M&M. No, that's also, a, it, it's a candy-coated wrapping, Dan. It's No, 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 you're, you're missing it, Randy. It's a, it's a, and I know your time at the club, you're more with the mainstream people but it's I a, go to uh, see frank this is one of your better ones it, it's he, he's Can't a rapper he he's a rapper Can't... oh i did i did kind of artist. appreciate the fact that eminem and dr dre apparently uh heard what the nfl told them not to do and they said okay sure sure about that and, and, then, did they, it? and then they did it which <laughs> i i appreciate that thank you matthew thank you randy coming up we'll get more of your mic drops as the Rams win Super Bowl 56, you are reacting today. And the Rhino Shield mic drop available on your 101 ESPN app. You are next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by the Schnooks Rewards app. Check out Good For You, a free wellness program available in the app today. Eight oh four in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Danny Mack, Randy Carricker, Matt Rocchio with you, and Chris Kerber is going to join us in just a few minutes. Talk about this Blues three-game trek to Ottawa and then Montreal as well. Tony Dungy tweeted last night during the game: "The officials were determined to ignore every violation when the ball was in play and only call false starts, delay of game, and taunting. They maintained that posture for 58 minutes and 39 seconds. Then they started officiating. That was bad. Wow, that's Tony pretty Dungy, uh, Pro pretty, Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, pretty strong for him to come out and say that. Um, again, going back to that final drive, I." I I just didn't see a penalty on that range. I'm, no. I'm not trying to be <clears throat> a guy that was, and I was hoping the Bengals would win. I, I was trying to be someone down the middle on that play. And even when they replayed it, you could even hear, like, I think it was Al Michaels kind of went, I don't know mm-hmm. about, you know, like one of those kind of things. Change the game, obviously. Right. And then you were, to, then you would have been talking about missing the extra point, which would have been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're looking at overtime. And there were a couple of other things that happened. Number one, Cincinnati only going one of three in the red zone, a couple of field goals and the touchdown. And then, and I liked the fourth down calls. I, I loved the fact that Zach Taylor was going for it, trying to keep possessions away from the Rams and trying to steal a few possessions, but it just didn't work out for them. But I kind of thought before the game 
that they had to go for it on fourth and short, maybe have a fake punt or a fake field goal or, or, or an onside kick just to maintain possession of the ball and try to steal possessions away from the Rams. And the Rams only had, what, 315 yards of offense. They were not overwhelming by Randy, any stretch. they couldn't run the ball. They were awful running it, the ball. That's the thing that I look at in, in the finality of, of the game. 23 it, carries for 43 yards. 43 yards. Yeah. So <clears throat> when OBJ is out, that's a weapon. You know they're going to cup. And how he is able to be elusive on that drive is just beyond me. Now, I, I, I guess... We got to go back to Aeneas Williams, right? And mm-hmm. our conversation last week where he says, you know he's going to get the ball, and yet he finds ways to get himself open. He's that good to do it. But that's where he talked about leverage and understanding where your help is and all the different things that you got to do in that position. But, man, oh, man, I, I if you know that <laughs> – the one guy they're going to go to is him. Yeah. And they can't run the ball. And they don't have OBJ. And anymore. they don't have OBJ. I mean, I just, I'm shocked that he was that open on that drive as amazing. much as he was. Amazing. All right. More of your mic drops. Here's Eugene on 101 ESPN. Morning, guys. So, oh, that was Lisa. Great game last night, but the referees let him play into the last three plays of the game, which I thought was really fishy but that's how it is the Rams must have paid off the referees I don't know if they had to pay off the referees but like Tony Dungy said they swallowed the whistle for 58 minutes and 30 seconds yeah it's kind of like when you get into playoff hockey sometimes you go why why is this officiated Mm -hmm. differently than you have in the regular season and it, it did seem like they were letting them play at the end for sure Because you didn't see the flags that you might have seen in regular season play. Exactly. Here's Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Oh, absolutely. I didn't want them to win last night. But I can tell you still where I was when Deckager made that call. And I doubt very much if the young ones will remember yesterday because I'll be long gone in that time frame. So (laughs) Don Deckinger's call is still like my darkest moment being a sports fan. That was pretty bad. I uh, I was pretty upset when that happened. I was throwing things, and actually, and I don't get like that, and I was throwing stuff. And that whole thing, man, there was so much with Denkinger that unfolded. Right, you had the pass ball, you had the drop pop up by Clark, the cross up. Yep, you had Dana Orge up there. Dana yeah. Orge is not supposed to get a hit against Todd Worrell no. in that situation. But he's a fastball hitter. That was yep. the one thing that concerned me. I remember sitting there with my dad, and he said, "This isn't a good matchup." He even mm-hmm. said it. He goes, "He's a fastball hitter." And I've mm-hmm. talked to people since that time, and they're like, yeah, that was the one thing he was going to be able to turn on that potentially. And if he, he was, did. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Van Slyke's throw is a just mm. a cannon from right, right. to make that and thing Porter close. And Porter couldn't hang on, right? Well, he did, but the, he, remember he got under the tag. Yeah. But um, but the, the events leading up to that, I actually did a feature on it, and you mentioned some of them. There was one other one, too, with the, the obvious ones, the glaring ones where the drop pop up by Clark in foul territory, the cross-up with Porter and, mm-hmm. and Worrell. Obviously, the call was huge. But there were some things leading into that that if they take care of business, shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten to that point. No question about it. Yeah. Let's get another mic drop. This is John on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. When I first saw Goodell and Kroenke on that stage and heard him talking, both of them talking, actually, I wasn't too happy 
few choice words probably flew out. <laughs> you know, something along the lines of slimy. But you know what? Maybe we should thank them and take a positive look at everything. Look how strong the Blues fan base is. It's never been this strong. We know how strong the Cardinal fan base is, and it's going to grow for future generations. We, the St. Louis U basketball program's fan base is growing, and we fill the arena. We're getting a brand new soccer team, a new soccer stadium, and a sport that's growing that's going to bring great excitement to us. You know, maybe we didn't need the Rams, and you know what? We got $800 million from them. Valid points. Not wrong, but... Boy, I, I, I miss the NFL. Yeah, I'd rather have an NFL team than not For at sure. the end of the day. And it's still a massive juggernaut, and it's a notch in, in you know, your, it's a feather in your cap as a city to be one of the folks in the club. And, Dan, a team that cares about the community is really good for the community. One thing about the, those Rams players when they were in town is that they, as a group, the players themselves – provided one of the most philanthropic entities in town. Now, the owner is a different story altogether, but the players working their their work with the, the food bank and their work with kids Operation in the community food and the, the, the yep. Chris Long Foundation, the, the First Things First Foundation for what they still do for kids that Kurt need Warner. coats. Right, that, that Kurt's First Things First. Yep. Even Marshall Falk had a foundation in town and, and gave money to people. And that just doesn't exist in our town anymore. And that's a void that has had to be filled. And that's one aspect that I'm really thankful to Carolyn Kendall Betts and Enterprise for because they are doing everything they oh, can man. to fill that void. Yeah, they, they've stepped up in so many ways. Arch Grounds, Forest mm -hmm. Park, uh, Soldiers Memorial, all those things that they've done. Um, and, and you and I, and this is not to be touting our own accomplishments here or what I'm trying to say, but... You and I do a lot of different things in the community with charities. Um, it's amazing how much money the Cardinals do give to charity. I it mean, is. anytime I ask, I say, hey, can I get tickets? Can I do this? Can I do that? Yep. What's it go? Yep. Here, done. And it raises thousands of dollars for that stuff. And that's directly because of the Cardinals. <clears throat> and one of the things that I did find in when we did some of these charity things is the tentacles of having an NFL franchise outside the obvious of Sundays and uh, bringing commerce to your town or people traveling in the bars, the restaurants, the hotels, and just the enjoyment of it. But the charitable aspect of them leaving, I mean, these charities relied on them. Yeah, they did. And a lot of them did. And that that's gone. And that's something that does not get enough attention or talked about. And that's why you want to be, you want to be part of the club. I mean, mm -hmm. whether or not... I mean, think about what the NFL went through in the last two weeks. And prior to that was them paying a city almost $800 million because of the the wreck that they left it in and how in the manner in which they left. And that was like on the back pages of all the different things that they were dealing with, right? So the, the terrible stuff that we talk about with Brian Flores and, and the various things that came out, okay? So all that happened. But yet, what are we all doing yesterday? We're all sitting around watching that game. Exactly. It yep. is a juggernaut. It really is. And uh, 
hey, it's we we were unlucky enough to have the one owner in the league that hated his town. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Uh, that's Dan. I'm Randy. By the way, my fra- favorite commercial last night was the Pringles commercial with the guy that got the Pringles can stuck on his hand and had it there for the rest of his life. It's pretty good. I like, I like that. that. I like the uh, Sopranos, too. Yeah, I'm that a was, big Sopranos fan, yeah, so that, that was good. That was great. Yeah, I like that, too, because I got confirmation that only Tony got, you know, it was only Tony in the last scene. There you go. Yep. That, 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 that scene is now canon Sopranos content in my yeah. mind. That is a, that, that is something that happened in the Sopranos world 100%. Colin Jostin and Scarlett Johansson doing the Alexa ad was good, too. That's Dan. That's Matt. I'm Randy. Coming up next, Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Slyman Brothers. Offering everyday low prices, expert advice, and free delivery. Nobody does a Cronky Sucks better than St. Louis Blues fans. The voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, joins us now in the blues booth on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I, I still think we should move Valentine's Day to August. Why? Well, it's just too close to Christmas and all that, and August is kind of a month and a period that needs something. Hmm. That's a good point. You know? and, and Plus, you could, do, you could do so many more romantic outside things, you true. know, I mean, since we live here. So I, I just uh, – there's – there's just a stretch because you get, you know, especially with the people with birthdays right up against Christmas and then all this other stuff going on. Like, there's really a dry spell in the middle of that summer. So I think August would be good. I'm not saying get rid of Valentine's Day. I'm just saying move it to August. I like that idea a lot, Curbs. I, I never really considered it, but I do like the idea of having it be in a warm weather month. I do think it is too close to Christmas. And when I was a kid, and this has changed. Valentine's was not a big gift-giving holiday that it has become now right. with the jewelry and uh, with people actually getting presents for Valentine's Day. And then, uh, and, and, then, and then go ahead and have daughters. And you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about uh-oh. it. Doggone it, it's Christmas all over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, a uh, uh, nice bounce back by the Blues the other night. And just in terms of the, the the structure of the game, that's about as well as they can do. It doesn't matter who the opponent was. Just the, the I thought they played a really structured hockey game the other night. You know, I did as well. And then we interviewed Mike Van Ryan at the end of the game. And when we talked about it, uh, he said, one, he was glad to, to see the number of shots on goal cut down. You know, so that that's something they've really been talking about. But he, but he also said that uh, we need to be better with our defensive coverage, and and they they wanted to see even better puck management than they saw in that game. So there's there's a vision that this coaching staff has in terms of what their game really needs to look like. And even in a game that looked as good as that one, I, I don't think they were satisfied. And don't think they saw it. So, Curbs, the Blues are going to head to Canada here. Are there restrictions? Are there, you know, do they have to test before going into um, into Canada, coming back? What what do they have to deal with, or is that loosened up a little bit? Well, for, from across the league, it's loosened up where players are no longer testing daily, and uh, the only way that a player would test is if they show symptoms. So my guess is no player in the National Hockey League is going to have a stuffy nose the rest of the year. Um, so... But going into Canada, you still have to test because of border rules. So the, the players had to test yesterday. 
Um, and I guess it, since we saw no news, that's good news. And uh, and then I don't believe they have to test daily while they are up in Canada. So aside from that, they're still dealing with different provincial restrictions in terms of I don't know that I don't believe that Montreal has fans back in their building yet. Uh, there there may be. I think Carlo Coliacovo told me last week it was 500 still in Toronto. Joe and I decided, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do these games remotely for uh, one more week and then we'll go to Philadelphia on Monday. But, you know, at some point you're just tired of dealing with their restrictions and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you know, well, last thing we need to know, do is get stuck behind a bunch of trucks on the way to the rink. So we said, ah, St. Zentine sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Curbs, Billy Huso gets the start the other night, and most people that are listening to this show believe that in terms of goalies, this is Billy Huso's team right now. Where do you come down on that? Well, he's earning it, isn't he? I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I know he didn't face a whole lot of shots uh, and, and only saw 16 in that game, but that save on Patrick Kane and a couple of the other timely saves were really, really important. So, I think he continues to earn the starts that he's going to get here. Now, you're still going to need both these goaltenders because once you get through this next little stretch of hockey, say through the first week of March after spending the six days up in New York to play those three teams, it's really going to turn on. And you're going to have so many games through the rest of the month of March and April. Both goaltenders are going to play at a high level. But, yeah, I, he's definitely earned more starts based on his play. I thought it was just a complete game on Saturday. From the, the drop of the puck, you know, they've had some slow starts this year, and it's, you know, a lot of comeback wins because they've started slow. But I, I just thought that uh, this weekend and that game on Saturday was a, a full 60 minutes. You know, the start was so important to that, Dan, because in the last 14 games, counting the last game, they've only – been leading at the end of the first period three times you know so you're you're talking about and and they had scored first i think in seven of them so they'd scored first but then they'd allow a goal and 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 then go into the second intermission tie you know or they would allow the goal first goal maybe tie it up maybe not and one of the reasons that you can lead the league and come from behind wins is the fact that you have trailed at some point in time (laughs) in a lot of those games (laughs) You know, so that that's an area that, that they look to clean up. And I, I think, first off, the start was good. The fact that the power play got the goal and it was David Perron scoring it. Oscar Sundquist, you know, we talked to Oscar at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard that interview, but he was really open about how the fact that he still doesn't feel like his knee is allowing him to do what he wants to do on the ice. Hmm. And, and it just made me think about how, you know, these athletes that battle back from injury, they want to get out there, they want to help the team, they want to do what they do for a career, and, and that's just perform and perform well. And just how sometimes the body just doesn't let you do it and you're still expected to go out there and make a difference. It's It's got to be a tough mental thing. Curbs, we all love the old Bill Parcells line, you are what your record says you are. And everybody's played at least 43 games in the division now. Minnesota's only played 43, but Colorado and the Blues have played 46. Nashville's played 48. Dallas sitting there seven points behind the Blues with 52 points in the same amount of games played. Are these teams what their record says they are? Are they all legit, or is somebody going to fall off here or jump up here? No, they are all legit. Now, of course, you can beat up on Arizona, a little bit on Chicago, you know, and in the East, it, it's the haves and the have-nots in the East are far different than the West. I mean, the playoffs are almost set in the East with half a season to go. But in the West, there, there could still be some noise. And I was looking at this this morning, Randy. You've got four teams. So the St. Louis Blues are playing, you know, what, 650 hockey. You've got four teams in the Central Division 
that are playing that 640, 650 hockey or better. You've got three teams, I think, with, with Florida, Toronto, and Tampa all playing over 700 hockey inside that, their same division. You've got the Colorado Avalanches that are nearly playing 800 hockey. They're like 790. I think these teams are legit. They're all contenders. And the Dallas Stars, who just lost yesterday to Colorado 4 to nothing, the Dallas Stars had won seven of their previous nine games and mm-hmm. pulled them within five points of the Blues. And I, I know it's not completely comparing apples to, to apples here, but I went ahead and looked at the Major League Baseball standings last year. I think there were three teams in the entire league that, that played over 600 baseball with a winning percentage of 600. In hockey, you know, you, like I said, you've got four teams in the Central Division whose points percentage are over 600. It's, it's really, really competitive. And to think that you're the St. Louis Blues, you played this level, you're 13, 14 games over 500, and while you're knocking on the door uh, and can easily jump into second place, you're still in fourth place, and you've got a team that's only five points behind you that can knock you out of the playoff spot. It's uh, it's quite a battle and a mental grind every night. Got to be better on the road, though, don't they? And they're going to find out all about that here in this next month. They do, and I think I think the relaxing of some of the restrictions league-wide is still going to be good um, for this team. This team is still one of those close-knit, loves to get out and uh, get it going together kind of teams. So they do have to improve on the road, and that's going to come down to better defensive hockey. Because when you're on the road, the other team is able to get the matchups, as you know, Dan, that, that they want. You put your players on the ice first, the other team gets to pick who they play against you. Uh, I think I think an area that's going to really help them on the road if they get better at it, their winning faceoffs is not where it needs to be. And when you're on the road, winning a faceoff against a key matchup can help you clear the zone, can help you keep it in the offensive zone better. That's an area, I think, over this next stretch that's going to be really important. Curbs, we will be tuned in tomorrow night. The Blues and the Ottawa Senators, always good to have you with us on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have an awesome week. Thanks. That is the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us as he does every Monday here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we have the fight for you on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Okay, Michelle will return on Wednesday. She's had an extended vacation. She had a wedding and then uh, went on a safari in South Africa. So she'll be back with you all on Wednesday with Randy. I'm filling in, and Randy's out of the studio and back for his second time to take on Randy Carricker. The winner on Friday is Tom. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Mr. Mack, if I was any better, we'd be twins. Oh, my goodness. I love to hear that. I love it. I love it. Uh, did you have a good weekend? All the way up till Sunday. <laughs> nice answer. All right. Let's do it. You ready to go, Tom? Yes, sir. Okay. This Super Bowl featured just the second matchup between QBs selected number one overall in the draft. What was the first? Was it Peyton Manning, Cam Newton? Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly, John Elway, Doug Williams. Um, gosh, I, I 
I heard him talking about it last night, but I never did hear the second pair. I'll say the, the two in the middle. Okay, you want Aikman and Kelly? Yeah, Aikman and Kelly. Got it. Okay, who's the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run? A walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run. Is it Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman, or Roberto Clemente? <laughs> I am Clemente. Uh, I, I have no idea. Okay. What 70s, 80s NCAA men's basketball championship team was nicknamed the Doctors of Dunk? Was it UCLA, Kentucky, or Louisville? 70s. Did you say the 70s and 80s? Yep. What yeah. 70s, 80s NCAA men's basketball championship team was nicknamed the Doctors of Dunk? I'll help you narrow it down. It was the it was the last years of 70s, the first year of 80s. I just it was hard for me to qualify that in any other way. So was it UCLA, Kentucky, or Louisville? Uh, uh, let's go Kentucky. I don't know. All right, and finally, what NHL team did Jordan Bennington record his first career shutout against on January 7th, 2019 to spark the Blues' eventual Stanley Cup run? Was that against the Dallas Stars, the Philadelphia Flyers, or the LA Kings? Uh, Flyers. Gloria, Gloria. Okay, uh, let's bring in Randy. Randy? Randall! Yo. Come on in. Thank you, Dan. Do we have the same score for the first one? Did uh, are you giving out cookies or is that did somebody give you something? Uh, no, that's just more for kiss up to bosses. Oh, <laughs> nice work. They're good Thank cookies. You. It's a, it's a smart move. Thank you, Randy. Say good morning once again to Tom. Tom, welcome back. How was your weekend? Saturday was the best day of my life. <laughs> Why is that? How's that? Yeah, Super Bowl hadn't been played yet. <laughs> Got it. He said, he said I asked him, how's your weekend? He said it was great until the uh, till yesterday. Yeah. We appreciate where you're coming from. Thank you very much for our playing, and thanks for listening. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Randall. This Super Bowl featured just the second matchup between QB selected number one overall. Mm-hmm. What was the first? The first one. Well, um, not, you don't have to. Who were they? You got to give me the the. Who were the two quarterbacks? Yeah. yeah, I've done this before, so let me just uh, go through it, shall we? Okay, show us your knowledge. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so you you had five Super Bowls where Elway appeared, but let's see. Oh well, why don't we just go with Elway against Doug Williams in 1987 when I became a Washington Redskins fan? 1987 season, 1988 Super Bowl. Everybody, everybody in that stadium, Qualcomm Stadium, knew the words to hail to the Redskins after the second quarter in which Doug Williams threw five touchdown passes. Okay, they, all right. Who is the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run? <laughs> walk-off? Inside the park, Grand Slam home run. I will do the old lifeline for this, man. Is it Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman, or Roberto Clemente? If Vince did it, it wasn't here. That doesn't mean he didn't do it. 
I believe that even though I don't recall it happening, I will go with Vince. The NCAA Men's Basketball Championship team that was nicknamed the Doctors of Dunk. The Doctors of Dunk. Well, it wasn't Phi Slamma Jamma. That had been Houston. They yeah. played this team in a, in, an, uh, in a pretty big regular season game at one point. Um, I think I'll go with Dr. Duncanstein, Louisville. And what NHL team did Jordan Bennington record his first career shutout against on January 7th, 2019 to spark the Blues' eventual Stanley Cup run? Philadelphia Flyers? Okay, we have a tie. Tie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I maybe asked the first question properly to you, Randy. Okay. Uh, I read what I was given, but I, I did ask for the two. So you both got it wrong. Okay, so that one's out the window. But wait. Well, uh, here's here you go. So this Super Bowl featured just the second matchup between QB selected number one overall in the draft, which was that first matchup. It was Peyton Manning and Cam Newton. So Doug Williams was not selected number one overall. I think you were thinking maybe the year, and then you went with maybe just the first QB. I could have I could have asked it wrong. It doesn't matter. You both got it wrong. So. All right, let's move on to number two. Uh, who's the only player in MLB history to hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run? That was Roberto Clemente on July 25th, 1956 against the Chicago Cubs. It was Daryl Griffith and who else was on that? Rodney McRae, but Louisville was the, uh, the Doctors of Dunk. Derek Smith was on that, I believe. And question number four. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Bennington did, in fact, shut out the Philadelphia Flyers on the 7th of January, 2019. Does it spark the eventual Blues Stanley Cup run? Okay. So, Tom, we go back to a tiebreaker. All right. Randall, got a pen and paper ready I'm for ready you? to rock and roll. All Here, right. Paper, pencil, pen, yeah, whatever. Okay, tiebreaker. The St. Louis Blues tied the record for road wins in one playoff year. How many road victories did they have? I'll say it again. The Blues tied the record for road wins in one playoff year. How many road victories did they have? Um, okay, Randy has given us his answer. And, Tom, do you have your answer? I'll go with uh, 25. Well, that is... Um, Incorrect, and we have a winner here today. Just win, baby. Randall got it right spot on. Ten playoff road wins in that great year that the Blues oh, had. Playoff. Yeah, yeah, you were, I think, going regular season on that baby. So the Blues became the sixth team to win ten road uh, playoff games in one year. But, Tom, you gave it a valiant effort. You took Randy to the wire back-to-back -back days. So thanks for playing, and thanks for listening. Hey, can you ask that question again? The tiebreaker? Yeah. The St. Louis Blues tied the record for road wins in one playoff year. How many road victories did they have? Well, that doesn't really – I don't know. I guess that's right. Okay. 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 All I right. I wish I was reading it. I wish I was reading it not hearing it. I wish I wasn't saying them. Believe me. Because <laughs> I'm going to get yelled at one way or another. But, no, you won't get yelled at. Don't, oh, don't nobody yell at Danny Mac. Oh, Tom, you're too <laughs> kind.
Thank you so much for playing. Hey guys. Okay. Thanks. thanks. So Randy, uh, I can see where he's thinking that. He's maybe thinking. Uh, my my first thought was in one year, and then I I listened carefully. Yes, and it was okay. playoff year. All right. Hey, I have a uh, what you got? Little poll up on the old Twitter machine. Yeah, we've got about sixteen hundred votes. Greg Amzinger was texting last night, called in earlier in the show, wanted to know if last night's Ram Super Bowl victory was the darkest day in St. Louis sports history. Right now, the Rams leaving leads the poll. And I didn't put the football Cardinals leaving. There's people that had five million different other things that they thought were darker. Uh, Rams leaving leads with 52.8%. The Denkinger call is second at 32.7%. Uh, Rams winning last night was 7.6, and Nick Kiprios knocking out Grant Fuhrer in 1996 only has 6.8% of the vote. You can still vote for the next uh, 22 hours or so, 21 hours on the Twitter machine. Just follow me at Randy Carricker. Yeah, I don't think it's the darkest day. It's not an easy day to be a St. Louis sports fan if you cheered for your Rams when they were here in St. Louis. Um, I think the uh, the fear one is interesting because... John Casey actually played pretty well after that. So you were able to kind of – there's like a little grace period there, Mm -hmm. you know. But then the one that got over his shoulder, you go, well, I think Grant Fear would have saved that baby. That's the one that hurts. And when you go back, because Fierzy was hurt against Toronto. Yeah. If Fierzy is in there, then maybe Gretzky doesn't get yelled at by Keenan and maybe Gretzky winds up staying – it's it's because it, Gretzky got blamed for the Blues getting drilled at Detroit in a playoff game. Right, they probably don't get drilled if Fuhrer's between the pipes. The way he played that year, I wonder if if we could sit down Wayne and ask him. You know, when when did you know? Yeah, you know, like when did you really know that your decision had been made prior to Mike Keenan showing up with a six pack in his room at the hotel and saying, "Hey, let's talk about this." Was it? You know, to me, if if they had the contract on the table and it wasn't signed, then pulled, that was it. I mean, you don't do that to Wayne no, Gretzky. No. So that that probably sealed it. And I don't know. Maybe you do. Do you know when that was offered to him? Late in the season. It was regular it, season. Yeah, and they had the deal. It was it was a done deal. Yeah. The, the three years, eighteen million. Right, I believe Wayne and Janet had a contract on a house in Ladue. They were set to buy and move here. Yeah. And so yeah, it was it was all agreed to. It was. It was all done but the signing, literally. That one, of all the guys that have left this town, that might be my toughest. And you know what? It might have been the toughest for me his, as a fan. His last three years that he wound up playing for the Rangers, he was really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was putting up numbers, point-per-game kind yep. of guy. But um, I've always said, man, we had we had the Babe Ruth of the sport in our town. Yeah. You know, I don't care if he was diminished or wasn't the same player. He's still Wayne Gretzky, man. Yeah. We had him. I mean, Pujols leaving was tough. Clearly, um, other guys that have left, it's been tough. But that one, well, that one stuck for me personally. The, I don't know, you know, the benefit of the knowledge of history as to why, to me, makes it worse because he left because of one guy. Yeah, uh, two guys, Quinn, Quinn and Keenan, mm-hmm. and it didn't have to happen that way. And those people just didn't know how to treat athletes. Yeah, I mean, you don't pull a contract away from Wayne Gretzky. No, you just don't do that. No, <laughs> ever. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Coming up, we've got a few more of your mic drops, more texts. How are you feeling this morning? We just want to get uh, our finger to your pulse, and we want to try to talk you off the ledge if, you are, if you're on it. And I've got one comment for a select few of us 
that are here in St. Louis. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, Daniel, as you might guess, a lot of emotion surrounding the Super Bowl 56 victory for the L.A. Rams. Emotion here in St. Louis. And there are a lot of people that say... Get over it. Including our friend Bob Costas. And I get people that think that we should get over it. But I would suggest that I would never tell anybody how long they should grieve for if if somebody tells me my dad died six years ago today i'm not going to say well get over it move on well i i think everybody grieves in different ways i think they do and And, so you got to let them just do what they do and if if people are having an emotional reaction to something some people might get over it in a day. Mm-hmm. Some people might get over it in a week. Some people might not ever get over it. But I don't think anybody else is one to say, eh, you know what, the time has been enough. You shouldn't be emotional about it anymore. I agree. And again, I think we all, with loved ones, family, friends, whatever, we all grieve differently. And that's why when people say, well, how can this guy not come back and play or do this, that, and the other? I said, wait a minute. You're, you're not in his body. You're not in his shoes. You're not in that person's understanding of what that meant to them. We all grieve in different ways. And I, yeah. I never judge that stuff. Yep. And this is kind of a, in a different way, but it's apples to oranges in this case. It's a grieving day. It is. When you have, um, especially for people like yourself that were season ticket holders and invested financially, emotionally into... Um, into the team i can understand there's frustration you're upset maybe sad whatever i mean i i get it it is part of it let's get a mic drop from paul here on 101 espn hey guys this is not the darkest day in history for st louis sports i personally the Rams super bowl loss to the patriots in february 3rd 2002 was a far darker day because of what could have been what we thought was about to happen and just to have it crash prematurely and begin a long slow painful slide was far worse yes i'm disappointed in last night but i don't see it as the bad guy one keep things in perspective he thought his new stadium was going to cost him two and a half to three billion it cost him five billion dollars it cost the nfl 750 million dollars in legal fees and settlements to get out of this potential multi-figure that could have gone into the billions possibly for the city of st louis so yes they got what they wanted but it came at a hefty price tag and also offer yourself this consolation as well the rams went all in this year it's downhill from here Cronky bought a premium brand in arsenal football club they've not been anything close to it since he's taken over that's correct that team they did go all in they don't have a first or a second or a third round draft choice this year. Granted, they've done really well without having draft choices, but now you're going to have to pay people like Cooper Cup, and you're going to you're already paying Stafford. You took a huge hit because of the trade of Jared Goff. You may have to take a big hit if Aaron Donald decides to call it quits. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how they are able to build without picks over the next few years. By the way, you said, uh, for people that missed it, you said it's the worst day in your life. Uh, Super Bowl 36. Right. The mic drop said, yeah, it's one of the worst days in St. Louis sports history. 
But for you, you said it was undoubtedly the worst day of your life. That's correct, Dan. Not not losing a loved one. Nope. Not it, it's the worst day of your life. Yeah. Again, let's, let's draw the juxtaposition because it's literally the anniversary uh, of the time of when Randy had to get his surgery on his heart. That would also be known as heart surgery. Yeah, heart surgery, exactly. And so, <laughs> still, the worst day of your life is is. Yeah, well, Randy during the uh, commercial ago, break was telling us ago. he said this time ten years ago, almost to the minute he was getting his his. Sh- uh, ch- chest was getting shaved, the belly was getting shaved because you were getting ready to have heart surgery, yep. and this still not worse. Super Bowl worse. loss is the worst day of your life. Yeah, okay. You know, looking back, what really sucks is that uh, this makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Kevin Demoff actually uh, texted me when I was in the hospital and said, "I hope I've, I'm okay." Just gross. I'm glad you've been able to let this go, That's Randy. That's you learn about um, the people in your life, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, over the weekend, Channel 5 did a poll of their viewers asking, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? 92% of Channel 5 viewers said, I'm rooting for the Bengals. 92 to 8. And with that, here's Drew. The mic drop on 101 ESPN. Hey, what's up, guys? I know this is an unpopular opinion um but it's still possible to be a fan of the rams and live in st louis Uh, i'm 37 and i've been a diehard rams fan since 96 when i moved to st louis and i hate stan Kroenke, but i can't help myself but to still be a fan of the team so i'm one of the few proud rams fans that are in st louis so Yesterday was awesome for me, and I get to go to work today and gloat. Yeah, so I understand why some people don't like them, but, hey, it was a great day for me. I'm still a fan. I'm a fan of the team. I love the sportsmanship. I love the players. I will follow it. Um, but, yeah, I hate Stan Kroenke, so it's, I think it's possible to do both. But All right. I wish I knew how to quit you. I don't know many that are fans of the of the Rams. It was 92-8, to eight, Dan. I know, I know Tanner. I was just about to yeah. say – if he's wearing Rams regalia, today, oh, again, oh, he's, going, he's, he's going coming in here with that. I, I just, I, I, didn't think about that until just now. I have to mentally prepare myself for that one. Yeah. It's going to be like uh, he's going to walk in, and it's going to be like Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> and it's when they put bets on the guys who are going to, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, put them out here, fellas. Yeah. Put out the cigarettes. You know, they bet. That's yeah. how they. That's the currency. That's going to be Tanner when he walks into yeah. the studio. It's a fine. Nice morning, isn't it here, fellas? That's going to be Tanner. Unbelievable. Stop it, Tanner. Hey, thanks so much for the mic drops. Coming up next, what does the future hold? We talked a little bit about the Rams. What's the future hold for the Bengals? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. The Cincinnati Bengals lost the Super Bowl last night. Could have found ways to win. They have a great young quarterback. They have three really good young receivers. They have a good young tight end. They drafted a couple of good linebackers. Did a great job in free agency with their defense. And by all rights, should be a team that's good next year. But Dan, 
with that ownership, with the Mike Brown ownership there, and as thrifty as they are, I can't imagine that they're going to keep a team together for them to be a perennial contender. I think the window is probably very narrow for the Bengals and... We talked a little bit earlier about their offensive line, how the Chiefs last year went out and rebuilt their offensive line, got five new players. They went out and traded for Orlando Brown. They signed Joe Thune to a huge contract to play left guard. They drafted Creed Humphrey to play center, and he was great. Trey Smith at right guard, and then uh, fixed the right tackle situation. I don't think that the personality, the DNA of the Bengals is going to allow them to fix the offensive line to that extent. I I wonder, though, with a franchise QB, and they have him in Joe Burrow. He just took you to a Super Bowl, and he's probably top five in the league. Might not even be the best in the AFC. Matter of fact, he isn't. Mm -mm. There might be three others that are better than him. Herbert. Allen. Allen and and Mahomes. Mm Mm-hmm. but I, I know, and though... If he's healthy, Lamar, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Um, I The thing is, though, if I'm an organization, I know that, that that's, that's my ticket. I mean, he's, he's going to give us a chance to win, and the only way that he's going to give us a chance to win is if he's not hurt. He got destroyed at times last night. Some of the hits he mm-hmm. took, they, they sacked him seven times. I think, Randy, I went back and looked at it last night after the game. I think he was sacked 19 times in the playoffs. 19 and yeah, then 9 stretch. against Tennessee, right? Right. So I just think that if you if you redo your offensive line, the window opens even if you don't have a great defense. Mm-hmm. I still think they they need to do a little work with their defensive backfield as well. Um I thought they did a great job obviously stopping the run of the Rams. They had a total of 44 yards, but when I look at their team, if I can keep him protected and it means uh, an investment in my my offensive line. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. teams you build from that and then out. It seems like they went special special uh, T players in terms of your skill positions, and then didn't go in. You know what I mean? Right. They, they built from the outside in instead of going yeah. inside out. And uh, and as we all know, if you if you can't protect that guy, man, he's not going to stay in the league very long. Right. Going to be healthy enough to do it. Yeah. And how often have we seen it? And man, these windows are so short. You look at the Panthers in 2015 with Cam when he won the MVP and how that thing just fell apart. He's gone. Rivera's gone. You look at the the, uh, Falcons team that lost to New England, gave up the 28-3 lead, and Dan Quinn is gone, and now Matt Ryan is definitely on the back nine. Not many other guys there. So many teams. The Titans that the Rams played in the Super Bowl in in 1999, the Super Bowl 34. So few teams get a second bite at the apple. So you yes. better take advantage of it. The Saints, who would have thought that the Saints would only go to and win one Super Bowl with Drew Brees yeah. as their quarterback? So when you get that bite at the apple, you better make sure it's a good, juicy, tasty one. I, I do think the Rams could be back. I think their window will be short because guys are going to get older. OBJ, uh, Stafford, Cooper Cup, you know, if he can stay healthy, is obviously a difference maker. But Aaron Donald's talking about retirement. You lose him mm-hmm. on the defensive side. If he doesn't come back, that's a massive loss for them. But there's no reason to think. I mean, who's going to come out of the NFC outside of what I look at now that Brady's retired? Mm-hmm. If Rodgers goes back to Green Bay. But outside of that, I Arizona maybe? I, I don't know. I, I still think, San think San Francisco's going to be good. Should be. But we don't know with Trey Lance, right? Exactly. Uh, Dallas... 
That's the, the wild card. That's the wild right, card for but, me. Uh, is Dallas going to be coached well enough and owned well enough to to win? Right. Is is Tampa's entire roster good enough that if if is Trey Lance in San Francisco and like Garoppolo in Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay a factor? I think uh, they uh, Chris Godwin's a free agent. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, that's a really good roster and that's a really well coached team. And at the moment. But the you, division you, but, isn't really something that you need to worry about. You know, with Tampa Bay, I don't care who you bring in there. Well, in, unless it's like Rodgers or somebody like that. I mean, you're the guy that just led the league in everything is retiring mm-hmm. in Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, th- that's a tough guy to replace even at the age of 44. So you better get somebody really yeah. good that to utilize those weapons. If not, they're, they're not going to compete with some of these teams. And I believe I saw this morning that the Rams are the early odds-on favorite to win again next year. 10-1, to 1, I think, yeah. was the early odds yeah. for them to do it. And somebody's going to step up and be good next year. And by the way, the Rams are losing their offensive coordinator in Kevin O'Connell. He's going to become the head coach of the Vikings, if he hasn't already today. So there are going to be some teams that are going to step up. There's always a team that steps up that you don't expect. And speaking of having to protect a quarterback, is Andrew Whitworth going to play another year? I don't know. He was talking about retirement. Who's that? Andrew the Whitworth, left, the left tackle, tackle for the uh, Rams. So yeah, he's 40 years old. you got to protect Stafford. We know we saw what happened to him at, you know, years when they couldn't protect him there in, in Detroit. So, I mean, the Rams are going to have a potential issue protecting Stafford going into next year. How about Stafford? I think it's now, including playoffs, 45 or 46 come from behind wins in his mm-hmm. career and talk about a come from behind career he's the lat he, it took him the longest of the number one overall picks to get to a super bowl i i think this may have cemented him though going to the hall of fame i mean his numbers are really good they are and uh if he wins another one then definitely but you know it was a yeah. one-time shot and you're doing it with la glitz glamour a lot of uh publicity a lot of attention to you i think this might get him in yeah his Timing is not great. He's going to have to stick around for a few more yep. years just so that Agreed. he can clear the glut here of Breeze and Eli and Rivers and uh, Big Ben. There's yep. so many guys that are retiring right now. And Brady. And get more stats. Yeah. Keep putting so, up the numbers. Yeah, you, You've got five quarterbacks that are going to be up for a first ballot Hall of Fame in the next five years. Do you think that the NFL uh, should waive Brady in the waiting period? I do. I wouldn't say that normally, but it's going to be unanimous. It, it is, and might as well just put him in, right? Just get it out of the way. And get, it doesn't do matter it. what happens between now and then, anyway, right? Even if he would allegedly murder a couple people, it's not like that'll keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Well, what if he tries to return? Here you go with that death thing again, Randall. I'm just saying it has happened. Next year, you know he's going to be the Tony Larusa of the of, yeah. of, of the NFL Hall Boy, of Fame, where he's already in, he comes back. There's a lot of smoke there, isn't there, about Brady coming back with the Niners? I. I just don't. But when a guy says "never say never," mm-hmm. and I think that's the right thing to do in this day and age of sports. I mean, when Jordan did it, you know, that was like the real big one. That oh man, he's coming yep. back. But you don't think for a second, at least in my mind, if you're a team that's really good next year and your QB goes down, that that phone doesn't ring to Tom Brady and say, "Hey, you want to you want to make another run at it?" Well, well, you know, we got a couple months. You want to do it? Yep. And if you're the Niners, you give up a number two or whatever, right, to bring him out of retirement. You've got the best left tackle in the game. You've got a really good offensive line. You're built on the run game. You've got Debo. You've got George Debo's Kittle. awesome. Yep. Kittle is Gronkowski, yep. basically. Brandon Ayuk is a really good receiver. They've got a lot of good things on that offense that Brady would fit in well with. And then you give Lance another year. Maybe you just trade Jimmy G for Brady. Where does uh, where's Gronko? Retirement. I don't think so. Cincinnati. 
think he waits, <laughs> looks at a good team, says, yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, he's just hired gun. Yeah, why not? Why not? Take some time off. He already did retire for one year. Right. Next time is probably permanent. A lot of shots on that body, man. Yeah. That's today's big thing on 101 ESPN. It is Valentine's Day. So what are we going to do today for someone that we don't ordinarily show love to? We should have called like Bobby Valentine. That would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been good. I was just thinking about that. It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us. It's Dan and Matt and Randy on 101 ESPN, Character and Smallman, and we're thrilled that you spent some time in your day to join us and celebrate uh, some great stuff that's happening because we, at the end of the day we're having fun happy valentine and it is happy valentine's so uh what are you doing for uh people that you wouldn't ordinarily do a loving thing for are you uh, are anything is 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 anybody doing have you noticed that i haven't really said too many bad things about stan Kroenke today that's i'm just trying Matt, to bring out love into the world you're a lover Randy. not a fighter i'm, a I'm proud of you man I haven't done anything for anybody yet. Dan is... You wore that jacket. Thank you very much, sir. Danny Mac is... uh, That's been a little treat for everybody in the studio. Thank you. I'm cold. I'm chilly in the studio And dapper. Normally it's hot in here. Hot takes. There's there's a lot of things that that I like about my friend Dan McLaughlin. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. He just took the glasses off. This ought to be good. No, this is... (laughs) I love the fact... Yeah? Be careful. That was, no, a, that was the smelling. No. That was the smelling salts. To really get <laughs> Be it going careful here. with whatever to really you're going, going, going here. Uh, I'm telling you, and this is this is uh, this is as behind the curtain as behind the curtain is. I love the fact that almost every time Dan and I finish a conversation, Dan says, "Love you." Yep, love it, and it's it makes me so happy. I do. I love you. I love you too. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say that or no, ashamed and, to say that. I, I love Randy, and, and I'm thankful for that. I really I, am. You're one that's, of my best friends in the world. That's healthy because there, there's a thing among men where it's like it's weird if you say that to your friends. And right. It's just like, but I, and, and that's a, that's a weird stigma that uh, people need to work on breaking down. So I, I, I like that you guys do that. That's that's yeah. that's beautiful. So my dad. Uh, God rest his soul, but he he used to kiss me all the time, and I'd be I think like, "That's great." And I, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, "Ah, come on," you know. Yep. I there has not been a night that my son has been around. So for 16 years, close to 17, every night I tell him, "Love you." I do. That I, too. I make the point to go in his room, and he just goes, Ugh. and I, that's it. I, and I won't leave his room until he says back to me. You know what, though, Dan? That's okay. That's and, all you and, need, though. That's I'm, right. It's great to hear that your dad kissed you and kissed you on the head and stuff, because my dad's generation, and I think there's probably a lot of guys in this audience whose dad never told them they loved him and, oh, and never sure. showed any physical affection for their own kid. And that was one of the things when I had kids that I wanted to make it a point to do is tell them, hey, I love them every single day. Make sure that they yep. know that that's the case. And it wasn't something that our parents did wrong. It was just the way it, it was. That was a tough group. They fought in World War II. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was just, it, it was different then. And I do, we're a, a kinder, gentler generation than our parents were. I think so. Um 
so my my mom's side has got a little she's german so um and maybe that's my dad's i obviously irish with the name so there's they get emotional man mm-hmm. you know yeah. and then but on my parent or my mom's side her grandfather or my grandfather her dad was very stoic you know there just wasn't a lot of that kind of stuff and that's to your point i mean they just grew up in a different generation man mm-hmm. you just yeah. didn't have that yeah. you know but i i do i i tell uh i tell my best friends of i don't have many so maybe it's only you randy i always say love you yeah. and i hang up so the you, phone you, and tell my wife that all the time i don't know if she wants that but i tell her that mm-hmm. tell my kids that yeah. every day i i think that's awesome now on a lighter side of this I love the idea that somebody came up with a holiday so the guys could get a little action. Well, you know, you you went a little too far on this, I think, Randy. And <laughs> no, th- that's what this holiday is for at the end of the day, isn't it? Think about it's, it. it's very transactional. It's jewelry for action. <laughs> that, I, that, I look the, at the it. line, Randy, you went a little farther. Would have been saved, Would have been better <laughs> interjected at that but, moment than prior. But am I wrong here? No, you're not. <laughs> Unless you're under See, my that, roof, I, I'm, <laughs> I was going to say four kids. I think this, I think the point of view you're looking at is, is some people would say that, other people would say it's a holiday that is manufactured for some for you know for people to get nice presents. Now you know, Curves brought but, up the idea know, of Valentine's transaction. Two sides, same coin. In August, <clears throat> this is a tough month for me financially. Very tough. I'm coming off of Christmas, mm-hmm. so then I got to go to Ryan Kelly and get refied, right? You know, because right. I'm still paying those Christmas bills. <laughs> but then I've got the twins' birthday, I've got my daughter's birthday, uh, another daughter that's sat, uh, coming up this weekend, Happy and birthday. then um, my wife right after that in this month. That's just poor and pl- Valentine's that's, Day. That's just poor planning on your part. So the curb's really idea is invalid. <laughs> oh sure, I yeah I take August because I'd say you know, hey guys, I got something great for you. How about Champions Club tickets. Go enjoy the ball game. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would. Oh, that wouldn't go either. But it's the effort I put in an effort. I think. I think what Danny Mac is actually telling us right now is that the lockout hurts him the most is because he couldn't give Cardinals tickets in February this year. And I may or may not have gotten those comped, but that doesn't need to be brought up. It was the thought. The I made an effort to go walk it. and grab the tickets. Doesn't that count? That's effort. I think it's effort. You made effort. Now, Joan did a hell of a job for all of us with the cookies. Yeah, she's great. What are you going to get? Have you gotten Joan anything? Yes, shoes. She wanted shoes. So she's got some nice Skechers shoes that are waiting. Uh, And then uh, took her to dinner over the weekend. And flowers, the obligatory flowers, and balloons and stuff like that. She's not really into the candy anymore. Buying a woman's shoes is a power move. By Randy she, I don't think that needs to be. That needs to be. She be, chose them. They're, they're still though. You know what, though, Matt? That's a, that's a strong move. I don't I, care. Even tennis That's a strong move. This is why I'm excited about Valentine's Day. This particular day in this year is because, as Randy described his Valentine's Day, <laughs> he's going to be a very happy guy yeah. tomorrow morning. He's going to come in with a smile on his face. Hey, fellas, how's it going? Sun is shining. Pep in have step. A, yeah, a little pep and a little Danny? extra step. Yes, sir. Danny, in my fridge at home. Yes, sir. There's, There's a, a weird giant ribeye waiting for me. I wasn't talking about the ribeye. Going on the Traeger tonight, baby. Randall, you described your Valentine's Day, and it didn't in- involve a ribeye. It was more about That's good action. 
Dan, I didn't. Uh, uh, turning uh, on the Traeger grill. Dan, what were you thinking? Uh, I, I, I know what he was Turning on thinking. the Traeger no, grill. What are you talking I, about? I did not go to Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't pick up jewelry. But you got her shoes, and that's going to get you some action. And flowers. Yeah. There you go. That's just smart. By the way, not at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) It was 10 years ago you had your heart attack. Randy, you talked about it earlier about how it's changed and it's become much more about the gifts. But I tell you what, people overthink the gifts. It's really not that hard. If you actually just, you know, write down one note during the year. She talks about something she likes. And then just hammer that thing for Christmas, Valentine's Day, and birthday. Put it in your phone. Exactly. Like if she brings brings up something in a non-gift area. Yeah, you're just watching a game, just, and she's like, hey, I really like that. Screen, or yeah. Here's a good one. If you, if you yeah. guys are texting a lot between each other, and she says, oh, I love this thing, screenshot that text mm. and, and, and come back to it later when you're, when you're searching for gift ideas, knowing that you have a bunch of screenshot text saying, oh, I love this movie, or I love that song, and then just tailor it to that. You will not fail. Well, if, if Randy is, uh, I guess okay. don't call Randy at some point tonight. It'll be a short amount of time that he'll be. Away from Wait, the phone, but uh, you hypocrite. <laughs> well, the Bill you criticize him so much Bill that you go there. Started you four. hypocrite. Okay, so uh, we've got this from the 636. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to you. From the 309, Danny Mac, you've warmed my heart oh, this morning. Thank you. Uh, from the 636, I tell my daughter, hey, Claire, guess what? She goes, what? And I tell her, I love you so much. And she goes, grrr. She kind of growls a little bit. Probably that's my favorite part, thing about though. being a dad. Yeah. That's what he said. Your kids kind of give you, mm, yeah. When you do that, Love Patrick you. is no, Patrick mm. is legit. Katie, little eye roll. It's, yeah. it's usually it's yeah. usually post college when you start getting the, the more effusive response. That's how I was, when I when I was sixteen, I responded with mm, when I was twenty one, and I had gotten through college, I responded with I love you, I love you guys. You know? I think kids then at that you point kind of realize what your parents have done for you, and you also start seeing your parent as oh. They're a real person that isn't just mom and dad. Like or, there's other people inside of there that I that I'm now getting a chance to meet. You kind of see them in a different light. Or, um, you know, you, they're gonna butter you up because they got a lot of pile up of bills, <laughs> so they need help. From the three hundred nine, Randy speaking the parts no one says. <laughs> I tell you uh, what, we had a good interview with Chris Kerber earlier. That, that, that was, was in there too. Well, <laughs> what time was that? At? We were late to the draw. From the six three six, I just lost my grandfather Saturday, who was ninety. Sorry about that. And my whole life, when I said I love you, he'd say I do too, which meant he loved me too. And that's when I knew that uh, he didn't have. Hold on, let me get this. So. He didn't have my, myself, too, the last couple of months. Okay, so uh, anyway, sorry about losing your grandpa. Yeah. Is this sports talk or the ladies' man with the ladies man. Leon Phelps from the 804? Yeah. The ladies' man. And I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> was great. Ladies' man. Uh, <laughs> let's see. She already purchased. Okay, so what's up, fellas? Happy Valentine's Day. That last suggestion about screenshotting, that won't work because <laughs> it's not gifting season. By the time it is, she already has purchased it for herself. Yeah, that and that's, but again, it, it just follow that thread. She Did she buy something for herself that's a little treat? Buy something of the same vein. Did she buy, you know, like like a record album or, you know, something for, like, crafting or something she likes? Just buy that thing that's a different thing in the same, like, category. I, I yeah. have, though, that's the interest. She's an good. honest question. And for the ladies in our audience, text in, 
do you like flowers? Do you actually like the flower? Do you like chocolate oh, that's candies? A good that's a good question. question. You know, I sometimes I think I sometimes I just come home unsolicited. And I say, here's some flowers. I, I do too, all the time. Today. All the time. Go to uh, Schnooks and go to the florist. Great, best florist in town. They're so awesome. Good. They have that wellness program that's really good too. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and then you get that ribeye that you're going to put on the Traeger tonight oh, from oh, Schnooks. Oh, doctor. But anyway, I digress, Randall. And you go there and you, you bring home the flower. It's a thought that counts. But I don't know if uh, if ladies really like the chocolate candies and the uh, the flowers. You know, th- I don't think the candy in my house, at least, doesn't fly anymore. It's really not. Well, your kids eat it probably anyway. Yeah, and cookies and stuff. But yeah, uh, like a big giant box of candy. And there are obviously they sell so many of them. There are a lot of people that enjoy them. I have to believe that the decoration and the color that flowers bring, especially at this time of year, that's something that's appreciated from by people that like decoration and color. Matt, do you have the breaking news? Uh, do 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 do. Do you have a breaking? I, I, go ahead, Randall. Oh, from the six one eight. Love flowers anytime. No candy. Okay. Uh, breaking news. Randy has just left the studio. Normally, Uncle Randy doesn't show up. But uh, Uncle Randy has just come into the studio. Uncle Randy, good to see you. Oh, it's good to be here, Dan. Uh, normally, you have sage advice for all of us in I do. S- sports or life. Mm-hmm. So uh, your nephew, Randy, was talking about how it's going to be an exciting time at the Carriker household tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just curious for Uncle Randy, what's uh, Valentine? Do you got any advice for anybody? Well, I have advice for next year. Okay. Don't try to make a dinner reservation on Valentine's Day. Good point. Ten days, two weeks out, ahead of time, make your Valentine's Day dinner reservations. Don't try to do it on Valentine's Day. That's my first bit of advice. Mm -hmm. Second bit of advice, if you have any reasonable expectations on Valentine's Day for a little lovin', then make sure that the gift that you're providing is worthwhile. The quality of the lovin' many times will be commensurate with the quality of the gift. And that includes that right. Yeah, that includes thought in addition to price. Okay? So a thoughtful gift will lead to more thought, more creativity. In the in the lovin'. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Uncle Randy. Yeah, no problem. And then uh, the final bit of advice. Is, uh, oh, is this still Uncle Randy? Yeah, or, it is. Okay. Final right. bit of advice. If you did not if you did not make dinner reservations for tonight, if you weren't thinking about it last week, and you can't get a dinner reservation for tonight, and you have a significant other, if you have a lady waiting at home, you head on over to Schnooks, and you collect the items for her favorite meal at a restaurant, and if you can follow directions, you can cook, and you prepare her that meal. Okay. Thank you, Uncle Randy. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Glad to be of service. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, you're killing me, Smalls. Uncle Randy's a ladies' man. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. It's time for 
Danny, how'd you like all the stars at that Super Bowl? You had Drake, you had Charlize. Yeah. You had uh, Kanye. Yeah. Hanging with Antonio Brown, by the way. They, but Antonio Brown uh, bought a suite, right? Yeah, he did. I, and I assume he paid for it. Okay. Because usually you don't get suites unless you pay for them. What was it, a couple hundred grand probably? Yeah, that's exactly what it was, 200 grand. Yeah. You had Matt Damon, you had Benifer, uh, you had uh, Kiki Palmer, Devin Booker. Uh, you had a lot of stars there. LeBron. And, yeah, LeBron showed up. So that's one thing about that stadium being in Inglewood is it does make it accessible for a big event like this for the stars. Do you have a uh, favorite star of the aforementioned stars, quote-unquote? Well, clearly, for me, it's Charlize. I didn't know it was that clear. I thought you were a Benefer guy. Oh, no, that's Michelle's thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, she'll she's... be back on Wednesday. Yeah. She can talk about that i'm sure she will dive into it you know i i kind of like the rock but i was disappointed though disappointed that uh when, when he said the super bowl is back in la or whatever he said and then i switched the channel because you were so upset yeah so you had to flip it well uh, not because i was upset but i wanted to go back to golf yeah but here's a guy that his crown jewel franchise for the xfl is going to be in st louis and he's trying to sell la I don't yeah. need how was the how was the line the super bowl's in la but football will be back in st louis next year it was right there on the plate. I can't believe it didn't happen. Yeah. Doubt he was uh, that he was going to do that. <laughs> Probably told don't even reference it. Uh, there weren't many mentions of the St. Louis Rams during the telecast. Zero, as a matter I, of fact. I, I think Al did say, no, maybe he didn't. I think he maybe just gave the year of the championship, but not the city or mm-hmm. the franchise, you know, St. Louis Rams. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I watched a bunch of the pregame. I probably watched a couple hours of the pregame really? stuff. Did and, they ever uh, say anything? I, not that it, when I was watching, no. Maybe they did, but I did, I did not hear it. Hmm. Um, they had some interesting... Uh, I, I like seeing some of the features and the behind the scenes and some of the players and various things that they're involved with. I, I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Danny, one of the really heartening moments yesterday after the game was when Ram safety Taylor Rapp proposed to his girlfriend and she accepted. You talk about the uh, transactional nature of Valentine's Day. The transactional nature of Super Bowl Sunday is pretty similar. It just brings the love out. No question. You went out and just smashed people for three hours, just, you know, trying to hit them as hard as you can. Then you get down on one knee, Randall, you let your heart Mm -hmm. out. You let your true feelings out. It's good for. It was bottled up, yeah. and, and it co- it's got to come out. It's not a bad thing. Would he have done it, though, if they lost? That's the question I was thinking. I don't know. I mean... I, I, you don't. You can't propose after you lose. You can't. And did he have the ring with him, or was it just got down on one knee and I think asked? Maybe Reggie had it, or one of the equipment people. Okay. Reggie Scott's still there, the ra- the old uh, St. Louis Rams trainer for Spags. Yeah. Well, uh, I... Or maybe you you do like uh, Terrell Owens. You had the sharpie mm-hmm. in the sock. He had the ring in the sock. No, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to ask Reggie. If, 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 Reggie, did we did we bring that this this to this game this time? I love the way Spags would always reference Reggie. Talk to Reggie about that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Dan, you know that uh, things have been rough for St. Louis and Jack Dorsey. He's only got like what thirteen, fourteen billion dollars, whatever he has. It was like at 20, though, wasn't it? Yeah. He's lost a few billion. But now he is dating Bleacher Report's Taylor Rooks. So uh, he's got a love interest in his life on this Valentine's Day. So, uh, Jack, congratulations. We're happy for you. Yeah. Uh, does Jack ever come around St. Louis? I Honest question. I, I don't know if he's ever around. or I think his dad might in. follow me on Twitter. Is that right? His dad's still around, yeah. Okay. Probably follows you, too. $14 billion, huh? 
Yeah, doing pretty good. What would you do with 14 billion? Honestly, I mean, what would you do? Jeff Bezos has got yeah. what 100 and whatever billion. I would so give. He's, he's going to space. So much money to charity, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, me too. It would. I, I would give way more than half of the money that I. Would you really? Yeah. Anything in particular that you want to uh, try to help? I mean, there's so many different. Oh yeah, well, cases just the that... ones, the charities that I work with here in town, and the things that we can do in our town to make our town better. I I would really try to invest in St. Louis. How about building a football stadium? Would you do that? No, you're out. Well, if I had 14 billion and somebody wanted to be here, I guess it takes two to tango. Yeah, if I had. So if if I could build a two billion dollar stadium and get it franchised for two billion, and the NFL owners would have me, which would be a dicey proposition. I'd love to see you in an owners. Did meeting. you know that they showed? Actually, Dave Peacock told me this. They showed the town hall meeting my my speech at one of the owners meetings. Did they really? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the owner of the Rams was real happy about it. But uh, shocking. Yeah. So I don't know if they would have me. I don't. Uh, no, they wouldn't. You wouldn't be part of that club, no, no way. And would they? Would I want to be part of that club? I don't think you They're do. Kind of scoundrels. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm seeing so anyway. some of the texts are saying that they did show um, when they they showed the Hall of Fame class and they mentioned that Dick Vermeil was on the St. Louis Rams coaching staff as the head coach. No, didn't mention St. Louis Rams. Oh, it didn't. Okay, no. maybe was there a graphic? Not, not of? before the game yesterday. At okay. Least. All right. So anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, Give a shout out to Jack Dorsey on this Valentine's Day. Worth $14.9 billion to be specific, by the way. And he's the uh, CEO of Block Inc., a provider of payment processing services. And I just wanted to say congratulations for dating Taylor Rooks because uh, you're doing, aside from the money, Jack, you're doing well for yourself. Taylor Rooks, uh, according to this texter, born in St. Louis and really? a graduate of Illinois. Oh, great. So we got a couple of St. Louis kids together. Coming together. Love to hear that. Yes. Congratulations to them. You bet. That is You're Killing Me Smalls on 101 ESPN. What's on tap is next. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Timmy McKernan and Action Jackson are going to have the great balloon party program coming up after the top of the hour here on 101 ESPN. Danny Mack, Randy Carricker, Matt Rocchio with you. And a 4 o'clock game, a Valentine's Day game for the Billikens this afternoon. And Dan, I was, and thanks to Chris May, the athletic director at SLU, I was down oh, courtside. courtside. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Had a great time on Friday night at the Billikens game. But, man, a disappointing loss. And as we talked to Travis Ford on Friday morning, that's a really experiencing Bonaventure team. Five yeah. veteran starters, all seniors. They all play a ton of minutes. They play with swagger. And I, I don't think the Billikens were ready for a team to come in and play with that kind of swagger against them. Because coming into the game, the Billikens were the team with swagger. Well, the thing is, too, Randy, is that you have an 11-point lead at home. And so teams that you go up against like that, some of them fold. Mm-hmm. Like UMass earlier this year, inexperienced, they fold. Right. And you win by 30. Team goes down by 11 that has experience, they regroup. 
and then there's adjustments that are made and it's incumbent then on the staff and the players to make the adjustments back and they just didn't do it so they've got to come back four o'clock kind of an odd start time I guess it's a way to get people out to the to the arena it's not at home it's at St. Bonaventure but maybe make a night out of it go to the ball game and then go have dinner or something yeah kind of cool and now the Blues will start a three-game Canada road trip and that was a nice jumping off point on Saturday night the 5-1 win over Chicago but man the Blues just have to consistently win because every time you don't win in this division you lose ground it doesn't seem like anybody else ever loses no and by the way there was a report this morning I just read um Ottawa and I think maybe Montreal will go to 50% capacity oh. starting tomorrow. So there'll be at least 50% in the in the building. And then um, I think it was March 14th, they would try to go to 100% and get it back to what they had at the yeah. uh, beginning of the season. And by the way, and we talked to people from Ottawa last year, and Big Walt is a regular listener to this program, but Brady Kachuk is oh. not only a great player and the captain of that team, but everybody around the team says he's like the nicest guy in the world. That yeah. He really wants everybody, kind of like Colton Pareko here, he, he wants everybody to feel comfortable and everybody to feel like they're in a welcoming environment. What a great representative of St. Louis and how proud we are and both Keith and Chantal should be of their their children. All three of them are really, really nice, but... Brady unprompted gets so many accolades from the media up there and Canadians are the nicest people in the world yeah he's kind of the face of the franchise too so that that is the one thing about when you wear that C the responsibility like Jason Veritek did it with the the Boston Red Sox Mm -hmm. Jeter essentially the captain of the uh the Yankees for such a long time there is something about I I like seeing the C in sports I I wish baseball did it more like to me Yachty would have probably worn the C for the Cardinals, because I, I think you need to have an everyday player do it. Yeah. Um, even though Wayno would be wearing the C2, I guess. He'd be like an A, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be an everyday player. But I, I wish baseball did that a little bit more. Because you, you got to have – part of it is is whether fans like this or not is dealing with the media and getting the message out of your right. franchise and your team. And in baseball – in normal times, man, these guys are interviewed every day for like seven months, mm-hmm. eight months. You know, you're answering questions about the day of and then what happened that night. And then you go back and it's rinse and repeat. And it's before the game, during BP, and then it's after the game. So after tough losses, you got to have somebody come out and and kind of talk about what happened and their point of view. When's the last time the Cardinals had an official guy? I know Renteria was kind of considered the, the I mean, captain. Kenny Boyer. Yeah, I think you, you do have to go back that far. I think Vern Rapp wanted Reitz to be the captain uh-huh. one spring, and Reitz said, no, not, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah. It definitely wasn't Al with Vern Rapp. No, definitely not. <laughs> but I, I agree with you, and, and especially because of the media environment that we're in right now. Petro was great at it. David yep. Backus was the best of recent vintage. By the way, I don't think that Brian Sutter, with today's media landscape, Ooh. he was a great captain, great leader, but I don't think that he would like talking to the media no. as a player every day. And that's part of it. Yeah. If not in this day and age of social media and as many outlets are covering your teams, you have to have a guy with patience. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the other part, too. you got to have great patience because you may lose eight in a row, 
And everybody's going to say, hey, man, you're wearing that C. And yep. we talked about this. You're going to have to go face the music and kind of take the hits for all of us. And right or wrong. That's what Ryan O'Reilly does so well, even though I get tired of it, because he does whenever they lose. He takes the blame. He's kind of like a quarterback, sure. a, a good quarterback in that regard. But I kind of get tired of it because it isn't always his fault. No. And <laughs> and, and the thing, I, the guys in the room respect the fact that he's yep. the one going out and having to do this, even though Marco Scandella can be minus five and be benched in a third period at Calgary. But it'll be Ryan O'Reilly, the one that's answering those questions. Yeah. And, and that's... It's uncomfortable, but that's the responsibility of the scene. And that's such a given in football because the quarterback, he's got to talk to the media all the time. Yep. Most quarterbacks do wear the C, but it's different in hockey and baseball where yeah. you don't have a designated guy. I know that you talked to the late, great Chris Duncan a lot when he was a player. And you could, Dunk was such a, an effusive guy. If you didn't have a microphone on. Yeah. And uh, one time I was talking to him and I said, well, why don't you talk like this when we got the microphone he, phone on? And he said, it's not my place. And this was when Albert and sure. Holiday were around. He said, Jimmy and all those yeah. guys. Yeah. He's saying, the veterans, that's not my place. It's not my domain. He wasn't saying it was their job. He said, they are the ones. That's That's what they get to do. I don't get to do that. He was completely deferential sure. to those guys. But then most of those guys didn't want to talk either. No, and it's funny, too, when you have a young guy that then is effusive and is outgoing with the media and is in the spots and the commercials and the things, mm -hmm. they take a lot of heat from the yeah, older guys. Yeah, Like, hey, wait a minute here. We've been around. This is our deal. You you go sit in the back, yeah. even if you're a young star. Yeah, there, I mean, the, that's part of it. There's absolutely a pecking order there. Sure there is. But... I think sometimes it for for a young guy, it's not a bad thing, like Jeter did with the Yankees. Yeah. Not a bad thing for the young guy to kind of gather some respect and control within that clubhouse. And, and service time is a big thing, huge thing in baseball. I mean, you get to 10 years of service time, that is the magic number yeah. because then you're fully vested in, in your retirement. And it's 10 years in uniform. That's right. That's a big deal. Yeah. And it's funny when, when guys uh, talk about how long you've been in a league and you're talking about earning your respect, that goes down to the point, Randy, that even in baseball, it's where you sit on a bus. Mm -hmm. It's where you, uh, where you sit on the plane. Who gets to go up in the elevators first when you get to the hotel? I mean, that stuff happens. You know, you get around, it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning and, and everybody's waiting to get that that key for the uh, the hotel. You get out of the way. The Yachty's going first. Wayno's going for you know the guys that have been around forever, and that's the privilege of, and the honor of being a, someone that's lasted that long. Really interesting. Yeah, good stuff. This was a fun show, and I'm glad that we got a chance to hopefully for those of you that do care about the fact that the Rams torched St. Louis yeah. on the way out the door. Yeah. I, we we hope that you got a chance to get a little bit of therapy in this morning. I think we got plenty in. I think we did. I uh, I learned today that uh, you and Joan are going to have a very pleasant evening tonight mm -hmm. yeah uh, she's got uh so she doesn't eat meat anymore she's a vegetarian so she, <laughs> I, I don't know what she's making i'm uh -huh. having my big giant ribeye though okay and i'm gonna make the kids cedar plank salmon Ooh, i like that yeah you put a little butter on it it's gonna be delicious um i also learned doing a little digging on snoop dog today that he has 
And I was telling you this earlier. Uh, we were talking about the halftime show. I thought it was great. Not my favorite, but right up there. It was very good that Snoop Dogg has a, a person on his payroll to roll his uh, blunts. I don't know if you knew that. That's when you know that you've made it. Yeah. He pays this particular person like 40, 50 grand, and uh, he does now, the, the, the deal, and, and Snoop Dogg is the recipient of a nice time. Now, Snoop just... He provides the Acapulco, Acapulco gold, right? I'm assuming. And then the other person just makes the burrito right. and delivers it to right. Snoop. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly right, Randy. Good. That's a little, a, well, hey, well put. One thing about Snoop, man, you know that uh, if there's Chiba around, he's probably involved. No doubt. No doubt, Randy. And I think it's amazing that you know all the slang for- What slang, Dan? Randy um, breaking out Chiba was not on my bingo card. I had a lot of the other ones. I I had, I had Acapulco Gold on there. You going old school? Yeah, but just he did like this Chiba. the other day. I don't think he went Chiba though. That's that's like, I mean, that's a Cheech and Chong reference almost, and that's that's deep cut right there. I like it. Uh, Randy is a veteran of the nightlife. Okay, mm-hmm. we know we know he keeps that thing on him. Yeah, he's clubbing. <laughs> He's got yeah. the bottle service. Just put the safety on. Just, to get just put the safety on. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one and only Matt Rocchio. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Daniel, this was fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. <laughs> it was different, and it was fun. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.